Welcome to another episode of Collector's Quest. This is episode 145. The guys and I are talking about things that make you feel good in collecting. For instance, if you're shopping on eBay, you find a game that's under market value, buy it now, that feels good. And then things that feel bad, that item gets shipped to you and there's no cartridge in the box or the box is opened and your thing fell out. Things that made you feel bad. Mainly, we tried to focus on the positive, but we did also address maybe the negative as well. We wanted to do just a lighthearted episode, given what's going on in the world. We were trying to have a little bit of fun here. I don't feel politics is really a thing I like to do on the show. If you listen, you know that. I don't like to bring it up too often. I do occasionally soapbox. I can't help myself, but I try to avoid it, and I try to respect everybody's political views. I don't think it is a political view, though, to say that black lives matter. It isn't. So I don't think that that is taking a political stance to say that uh, all men and women are created equal, you know, and all and all the people in between. So all people, right? That That is one of our fundamental tenets that we committed to, that we documented on paper and said, this is one of our most important things that we believe here. I don't think it's getting political to reaffirm what is on that document. We're not bringing it up in that episode, in this episode at all but I just wanted to get that out there. All right, everybody, that's it. Now we have some lighthearted fun. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. What's going on, guys? Uh, I sold a bunch of toys. Oh, your garage is completely empty now, or completely full. I don't remember which one. It's getting there. It's getting empty. Why not both? Yeah, I uh, I sold uh, about 35 years worth of Ninja Turtle toys, collecting Ninja Turtle toys. I, I finally let them all go. Um and not the end of it, the remnants. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's just like anything. It's, you know, we talk about it a lot on this podcast. Just like any any collecting category, ninety percent of the value is in one percent of the collection, right? Uh, and so yeah. I had sold off that one percent many years ago, and I was just sort of like sitting on the ninety percent, which wasn't. I, no- I pref- well, ninety and one percent only equal ninety one percent. Yeah, that's true. Ninety nine percent. I was sitting on the so ninety nine percent. I would go with the Pareto rule, which is eighty, the eighty twenty. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so all, I had just a, a large volume of that collection was still left over, uh, after if any, if people know my backstory, I actually cashed out a bunch of that collection to start collecting video games. So I finally let go. I have another use for the garage, uh, in the next couple of months. So, which is something I'll be able to talk about later, but it feels really good. I got rid of like the, the, the giant, uh, sort of uh, Tupperware bins that you get at Target, uh, at least 10 or 12 uh, worth of just like action figures and vehicles and stuff. And I sold them to a booth at Frank and Sons uh, collectible show uh, by the name of The Shack. So if anyone goes to uh, Frank and Sons and buys Ninja Turtles off of uh, The Shack booth, um, which is also run by Padawan Collectibles, a uh, friend of ours, uh, then you're buying my Ninja Turtles. So enjoy my childhood toys, friends. Yeah, that's a really good feeling. Uh, one, getting rid of a bunch of stuff, and then two, making a bunch of space. Would you say those are really good feelings, both of them, Stefan? Really, really good feelings. Very liberating. Yeah, I actually like had places to walk in my garage. It's incredible. 
You know, and that's interesting because Tyler, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the top 10 bad feelings in game collecting. <laughs> the worst. No, that's not what we're doing. Um, we're not, there's no order. Talking about good good feelings and, and bad feelings and, and game collecting. Just, you know, just get the feels out. Just talk about our emotions. Just a bunch of dudes talking about our feelings. So if you've been collecting for any amount of time, I'm sure you've had these situations where something feels really good. And then you have these moments that are like terrible. And these are fairly universal and we've identified a few that we're going to share just kind of a light episode you guys are everyone's dealing with plenty of other garbage right now we don't need to be that heavy so uh a lighter episode this week and uh let's uh wow we're like already getting into it that should we stall johnny i was really actually curious um what because i think this is your topic right um, what, uh, what prompted this? Was this just something off the list I'd, or, or, uh, no, I was just, I, I was literally, I got, uh, as you do. And so we'll, we'll, I'll just start off. So as you are a collector, if you've ever bought anything in a cardboard box or just any game and it suddenly comes in a bubble mailer, it is just, you just like, you just look at it and you're just like, God damn it. The, it's like one of the worst feelings when you know you have something that it can be damaged and you see that bubble mailer and you just know it is damaged. And it's not like a packed bubble mailer, like you can see a box in it. Like it's just like a flat piece of paper. You're just like, oh, that's supposed to be like a 3D object. Uh, there's supposed to be multiple dimensions to that. But nope, it is just a 2D plane at this point. So cool. Let me open this up and then write an email to somebody on on eBay, which I don't want to do. So that's like one of the worst feelings. And then um, the counter to that is, you know, what I think is the absolute best feeling. And then, which is why that feeling of seeing the bubble mailer is so disappointing because mail time is for me, like one of the best feelings in collecting. It's like Christmas, like every day, if you're a collector or every couple of days or every week or whatever, whatever your cadence is, you see that little package, like, Ooh, what is it? What could it possibly be? And, you you know, you're, everyone's very excited. You get to open it up and see your thing. And that's a really good feeling. So I, I was going through that emotional trauma of the best and the worst feeling all wrapping themselves into one. And I was like, you know, we should talk about this. And, and we have like moments we have. But I was like, you know, I would like to just share uh, like your guys's other experiences aside from just mine. And maybe like compile a little, a little list and talk to the people about it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'd love to stay on the topic of bubble mailer for a moment then. Sure. Uh, so I, as you were talking about it, the, the, the worst feeling being you see the bubble mailer and and just know things are, are a hot mess inside there. But I would say that a great feeling that comes right on the heels of that sometimes, occasionally, is when you look at that bubble mailer and you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be a hot mess. And then you open it and miraculously, it's fine. And yeah, you're uh, like, how did you survive? Yeah, like I don't like like the like s there's no way that the Saturn game should not be completely shattered and you open it and it's pristine. No, I don't know. My my relief in situations like that is always dampened by just my disappointment in humanity because I I always include a message when I buy something on eBay. It's like two sentences. It's very short and sweet. It's like uh, hey, just so you know, please ship this in a box, not a bubble mailer. Games will get crushed or damaged if you ship them in bubble mailers. Thanks and cheers, Tyler. And I say cheers because I think people will respond better if they think I'm British. <laughs> so if even after all of that, they use that. The and it's like, dude, 
And Johnny would leave negative feedback, but then I would just not well, leave feedback. And then oftentimes you get that response from that. But like I actually got this verbatim the other day where he responded and went, well, you didn't pay for a box. Uh, and you know, and it's like, well, I would have gladly paid for a box if my alternative was in is was going to be a bubble mailer in which everything was going to get crushed. Yeah, and like I want to respond just to that and to anyone who's got that mindset. Hey, listen, listen, you, the shipper, it is your responsibility to make sure the thing I bought arrives in the condition I paid for it. That's your job. That is your job. You don't get to blame it on the post office, even if they're the ones who damaged it. It is your job to do your best to ensure that no one wants to go through this. I promise you, I promise you, if it costs you a dollar more, the amount of frustration you will save yourself when I come back to you with like an angry message. Hey, you shipped this in a bubble mailer. Now I'm filing a return. I'm leaving you negative feedback for this, especially after I sent you a message saying specifically, don't do this thing. You're going to be way more annoyed than $1. I promise. Or you could just respond to my message saying, Hey, you know, that's, I, I didn't, I factored in a bubble mailer on the price, which is like pretty much completely erroneous and fake because you can, it, it goes by weight. The minute it's bigger than a CD case, it, it's not going in uh, envelope shipping. It's going in package shipping because it won't pass through a slot and then it's deemed a package. So that's all bullshit mostly. Um, so you're going to, you're paying the same price unless you like did the actual weighing and the cardboard box was slightly more and would up it. I will pay the difference. So you could come back to me and say, you know, I didn't factor that. Uh, it's going to be like another two bucks. And again, same rule applies. I would rather pay you an extra dollar or $2 or whatever than get a ruined package because it's just time I'm not getting back. It's just, let's just avoid that. Me and you, let's work together to make a positive outcome because no one wants, no one wants the annoying messages back and forth on eBay where I start out and like trying to be polite and, but a little passive aggressive and then I'm angry and then it's basically just actual anger. And I'm telling you you're a dummy because you've said something to me and I'm telling you, Hey, don't be a dummy. It is your job. The thing I'm doing right now. Uh, but, but being super rude to you, a person who's already angry that they are going to get a return. So let, let's just avoid that. I, I don't want to do that. None of us want this. Let, let's not do it. There you go. And rant. That was a good rant. I want I want like the the national anthem to play in the back of that. Can we <laughs> yeah. hook, hook that up, Tyler? That is a a classic collector's quest reference to probably fifty episodes ago. When was that? That was, <laughs> hey, was uh, a long time ago. Pro- you know, honestly, probably on the same topic. Knowing Johnny, I don't remember what the original it, it one was probably, about. Probably, it probably was. Bubble mailers are are a go to for me to rant about yeah. because it still happens. Literally yesterday, I got a bubble mailer after I said. I, I said bubble mailer, but it was actually just an envelope. After I messaged the seller and said, please don't ship this in a bubble mailer. Uh, can you please ship it in a box? And I always include my Tyler's message is probably nicer than mine, but I always say, you know, can you please make sure this is shipped in a box? I would like to, uh, I would like it to arrive in the nice condition it is in. If there's a problem with the cost of shipping, please let me know and I'll work it out with you. I always say that in my messages. And then I used to say that and I stopped saying that. I don't remember why, but I don't know. I think yeah. uh, I think the the saying cheers and pretending you're British is a good strategy. <laughs> I, I'm almost I, positive I, I got that from another podcast, but uh, definitely include cheers with your messages. Yeah, I, I like yours better. I think people <laughs> re- will respond better to it for some reason. But uh, 
yeah, I'm just like, please don't. And then it happens. I, and I don't think it's that people are actively ignoring it necessarily as they just don't see the message or they just like get the soul, walk out, tape it, tape it up and the, or, or it's already packed and there's like, meh, it's okay. So put, put a name on it. And it makes, it. it makes the least sense to me too, when people are selling sealed games, because it's like, you know, you know that you're asking for a premium because it's sealed and then you're shipping it in a bubble mailer. Like, like I don't know. I, I feel like it's more excusable if it's just like some rando game or whatever that's just like a CIB copy or a loose copy or whatever. Uh, I feel like that's more excusable. Like, I I would I would assume that that person, like, just wasn't thinking that it was a high dollar value item. But, like, a, something you know is, is high dollar value to then put it in a bubble mailer. It just doesn't make sense to me. You didn't well, Stephen, if box. it makes you... Yeah, if it makes you feel any better... Mine was a sealed item. Doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel worse for you. I mean, a, a sealed GBA game. Like, if you buy something yeah. from Deal Tavern, I'm pretty sure Deal Tavern ships in bubble mailers. No, he ships it in a box. Oh, does he? All right. Hey, yeah. really? Deal Tavern has free shipping. Good job, Deal Tavern. I have I have noticed a lot lately the occurrence of, and I don't know, like, if this saves them money or not. I mean, I assume it does. But, like, the, the, the trick of putting it in a box and then putting that box in a bubble mailer... Yeah, I've just, I've gotten I've happened I've had that right, happen a lot. Okay, yes, I I get that all the time. Why do you need the bubble mailer over the box? Sure, it's fine, but uh, well, a lot of times they're using a priority box. It's it's illegally. because they're using the priority box. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you can't fine. use that box. Of the Illegally use that priority box, please, everybody. Yeah, I, like I'm I'm like you know maybe that's not right, but do it anyways because I'd rather my shit come in a box. The part I hate though is when people just wrap something in cardboard. Like I'll say, can you ship it in a box? And then they'll like cut up a piece of cardboard and like wrap it around it. Or not even, they'll just put the two cardboard ends on the sides of the bubble mailer. It's like, oh, you've created a, a hydraulic press for this game. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I want people to understand how shipping actually works. So your stuff all gets like, imagine that you're playing like Django with packages and now your bubble mailer, because it, it's going package rate, is sitting at the bottom of this. It doesn't matter that you like fully wrap this thing in a sleeve of cardboard and then a bunch of bubble wrap. What's happening is compression damage. And on boxes that are meant to fold, uh, because there's too much strength, right? The the force is too well distributed along the along the folds of the box. So it folds where it's weakest, which is the middle uh, like, and that's why you get these like weird seam creases in the middle of boxes, you know, like, so down the edge, you, you would, it like starts to crush and then folds in the middle. So that's what happens with compression damage because of the distribution of downward force. So please don't like, it doesn't matter if there's a shit ton of bubble mailer. It's, that's just a layer of extra weight on a, a press. So like, you know, put, put like, do a test, wrap something in, in bubble, as much bubble as you want, and then stand on it and see if it survives. Probably it won't. Sort of to the opposite of that, um, when something looks fine and you've like, like a box, it's in, in pristine condition and, uh, you know, they shipped it right and it's packed right and you're, you have all this confidence that everything's going to be fine. And then somehow, because the postal service or whoever did a shitty job handling it, uh, your item is still a wreck in there. That is the worst because you're like, oh yay, nothing happened, and you open it and you're like, wah wah, like that. That dive off the cliff is <laughs> is hard. It's man. not. It it it's a that's a bad feeling. So I know I know. So you're 
Laserdisc player that you're talking about. Yes, um, I'm talking about my very expensive Laserdisc player. Was that internally that damaged due to like drop damage? Yes. So was it because stuff was laser- banging around inside the actual player? Laserdisc players are are very heavy anyway, and this one is a, a it was especially heavy because they like for aesthetic reasons they they put like hardwood on either side of this thing. So like this particular laser disc player is very, very heavy. And so despite the fact that it was packed, it was clearly dropped multiple times. Um, basically the like the brackets that hold the, the disc tray internally where it should be broke. And so it just sort of like sunk down, the tray sunk down into the unit. So I don't know if I can fix it. Um, I want to I don't want to touch it until I until we settle the dispute. Um but uh but maybe it's fixable. I, I I would like it to be because it would be a pain in the ass to send it back to the guy. I would rather honestly like you know get a percentage back and then fix it. Um cuz this particular laser displayer is also kind of rare. So um it would be nice if I could keep it. Yeah. And, and I mean I know he probably packaged it inside like a box in a box and bubble wrap everywhere. Just oh, uh, yeah, it was it was very secure. It was just very poorly handled because of the weight. But it even was, with all the bubble wrap, it's still gonna have shocks internally in the machine from uh you know being dropped and all that kind of stuff. So a, a more game example for people who aren't buying, you know, super high end laser disc players. Uh cardboard box Sega Genesis games. Uh, that crappy like red insert that you have in there, the game can still bang around in there and do damage, even if it's packed up in the nicest box. Uh, so you need to really, I'm thinking about this because I was going through my Sega Genesis games and I found the best packed ones had bubble uh, bubble wrap inside that box so the cartridge couldn't move even if I was shaking the box. Those ones are really gross because in there, that's just little cardboard tabs that get pressed down when when the machine smashes the game into the little box those tabs are just down there and holding it so it's just like thin cardboard and if it if there's too much upward force or downward left or rightward for the cartridge then slams through that and then like goes over the manual hits the side inside of the box starts to misshape it it uh, happens a lot or just over time the weight of the cartridge on the the one holding it upright um eventually wears out and the cart falls to the bottom anyways had that happen yeah uh an example of from something that i collect uh signs and i think i might have uh, uh gone over this in the shipsmith episode but specifically uh collecting neon signs first of all don't ship neon signs but if you're going to ship neon signs make sure that you have them pack bubble wrap between the bulb like the actual lettering and the back of the sign because a lot of that is like held with like really old brittle plastic brackets and if one of those brackets breaks loose then like and a letter just starts like rattling around in the it will breaks free and, and rattles around it'll basically shatter the entire sign just i had that happen with my funko land sign which was devastating and very expensive to fix so uh just yeah make sure that if you're gonna ship a sign or asking someone to ship a sign that they pack bubble wrap behind the lettering as well as wrapping the sign just don't ship neon signs that's yeah seriously don't seriously ship neon signs don't do like that. seriously don't feeling. But uh, yeah, yeah, bad feeling. Shipping neon signs. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, if you're going to, please, please, please pack behind the letter. Oh, and a hot tip on the PlayStation signs. They have that little box that's separate that has the PlayStation logo. There's f***ing neon in that box. So you have to open the box and pack uh, and pack bubble wrap behind that neon as well so it does it's not just the playstation neon but it's that little that little logo has neon in it as well so hot tip for uh for packing neon signs there you go thank you stefan you're the expert Tyler, you got some good feelings what's a good feeling uh so i was organizing my genesis games and i've known for the longest time that my toe jam and earl uh doesn't have the poster in it and you're gonna have to correct me because johnny you are the sega genesis expert here um, I was literally on eBay in my office and right behind me, I've got, uh, the stack of inserts and posters and registration cards that I bought at the last Portland retro gaming expo. And so I was going through eBay. I'm like, wow, the Toe Jam and Earl poster is real cheap. You can get it for like eight bucks shipped. But before I clicked buy it now, I remembered my stack. I looked right behind me. The very first item on that stack was a Toe Jam and Earl poster. And, you did it. Uh, so not only was it the great feeling of getting something I need to complete a game, uh, but all that, those inserts and crap I bought, I didn't just buy those inserts just to like hoard them up and be like, <laughs> I've got all the, the whoa inserts for Super Nintendo games, you know, actually being able to use that crap you know, I probably spent a dollar each on, on all that stuff. You know, it makes me feel like I did something right by hoarding that to begin with. But uh, yeah, that those Toe Jam and Earl posters are super generic and came with everything, and that's the correct poster for that game, right, Johnny? I believe so. I think it <laughs> right, came... Johnny. Right, Johnny. Well, well you're gonna make I me have a so, bad but, feeling. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give you a bad feeling here. Ooh, uh, make sure it's got the correct numbering at the bottom, and then no, I I think I think it was generic and with a few. And I, I've never understood so that. So there's with, like, there's a ton of them on eBay. Like the, yeah. it must have come with a ton of games yeah i think it came in a lot of the black label uh the grid games johnny you're stressing me out it just says 1991 copyright sega i was kidding about the numbers on the oh bottom. my god you know <laughs> what you, you know a lot about sega Genesis, right into his trap. <laughs> all right if there's if there's one thing that we've learned over our, our time podcasting with you tyler it's how to instantly stress you out <laughs> <laughs> true true all right. Uh, so that is a good feeling. But, yeah, I've got uh, a good. I've got an example of that. Actually, sort of a, a good feeling related to that is um, Johnny. You years ago, I think it's been years ago now. You've get you gifted me, or I paid very little money for them. I don't remember which. Uh, a bunch of really incomplete PS One long boxes. Like either they were missing their discs or their manuals or both. Um, and. I think I've now completed. Some of them were com- some of them were complete. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, but a there, but there were still yeah. at least like twenty but, or something that were like some, yeah. But there some was like I think like sixty of them or something total. Yeah, and so uh, now as of today, I only have one of those that is not complete. Like I have gone through and completed all of those. So at the time where I was like, ah, I don't know that I'll ever, you know, like, eh, do I want to like spend the time to do this? Um, I have now completed everyone but Doom. Doom is the only one that is still incomplete. But, uh, but yeah, I have, uh, I got very good use out of all of those long boxes. Doom. Okay. I'll have to look at my copy of Doom because I know I have an extra Doom disc, but it might be a greatest hits. I'll check. Why don't you just complete Stefan's PS1 set? Just, he he doesn't want to do this piecemeal crap. He just wants to have it all. Now. I, uh, I'm actually, I think I'm like six games away from PS1 long box. 
No, the whole PS1 set, Stefan. And then we're doing PS2. Legitimately you, you missed not your chance, Stefan. Oh, I'm so mad that you didn't do PS2 when we told you to. Because now it's all up like 50%. Yeah, it's really annoying that it went up that high. Um, I have a bad feeling so that I will contribute to this, and I, I know everyone can relate. And it's right online, so it's just the opposite. So Tyler found like the thing he was he was missing, and that's a great feeling. But going and like going through your stuff and then finding out a piece is missing, like finding oh. out suddenly a game needs it, like oh, this doesn't have the poster. I didn't know this had a poster. And, you, like, you bought it thinking it was complete, too, and then, like, you just didn't know, or, like, the reg card, like, you thought it had it. Just going through and being like, oh. And then you have to decide whether you care, how hard is it to find that one, like, struggling to find that one-off piece to make it complete, if you care, is a real bad feeling. But finding out that you're, you're going to have to go through that is also not a very good feeling. Even 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 if it's not a piece though, like it, like especially with us being set collectors, like a couple times it's happened to me now where I thought that I had the set and then like put it out of my mind and oh it's fine I have all the black box games and then I'm like going through it and this happened with NES like two years after I had said yay I completed NES I was going through it and I didn't have a copy of Rad Racer. <laughs> yep. So that that was actually next on my list. Stefan was the. Uh... Uh, and I'll go into it. So I'll go the good point Sorry. on this one. It, no, it's fine. Um, so the good feeling is finally completing a set. And it doesn't need to be a complete set of video games. You know, like all oh, the PS1 games. We talked about sets and how, you know, nebulous that can actually be. But like, even if it's a subset, like, oh, I finally got all of my Castlevania games. Or I finally got all of my Gradius games. Whatever it is, when you think it, you're just like sliding that last one on the shelf and being like, Ah, did it. Such a good feeling when you think you're done. You're like, yes, I don't have to think about this anymore. This is off my plate. I've done it. All the boxes checked. Moving on. <laughs> and then you get the opposite with Stefan's where like three years later, you're like, oh, I'm missing Yoshi Safari for Super Nintendo. Yeah. It's never anything good or expensive. It's always like, yeah, I mean, Ride Racer is a great game, but but also it was like one of my sister's childhood favorites. Uh, so it, it just felt extra stupid. Like, and that's how I ended up finding it. She's like, "Oh, do you have a copy of Rad Racer?" Because she was uh, when I was touring the touring her for the first time in the game room, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course I do." And I went and it was like, "Wah wah." It was like Tyler's list. I was like, "Of my, course I've got Ninja Gaiden Black, yeah. Black yeah. missing <laughs> off my Xbox list." Yeah, and I know that's like wah, just wah. the one game Johnny would look for too. Yeah, which is so funny. So um, um, I, I'll say a, a minor good feeling on that and, and also a bad feeling. So because it was Yoshi Safari, at least I didn't have to rearrange the games very much because it was at the end of Super Nintendo. But when you are going through stuff and you get a game, if you if you are obsessive, compulsive, and you alphabetize as you go, a terrible feeling especially if you don't have a lot of extra room or you didn't build in to have space to fill things in is when you get a game in like the a B or C range. And then you have to shuffle everything. You have to shuffle like 12 shelves worth of games mm -hmm. to put that one on there. You're just like, ah, oh, really? That's why, yeah. That's why I don't alphabetize until the very end. Yeah. I, I don't either. I, I alphabetize in chunks. So like, after I amass like a certain point of games, that's not true. Like once it's like 10 games, I start to alphabetize. 
Yeah, um, once it's within it's a point where, yeah, but, once it's in with a, in a range where I can put placeholder boxes in, like then I'll then I'll alphabetize. But if yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The other thing I'll do though is like I'll be like, okay, so these hundred games are alphabetized, and now I like I've got fifty more. Then I'll alphabetize that fifty, and then like I'll go through a thing where I consolidate that all, and so at least I'm doing big chunks at a time. Got it. Um, but yeah, like so, like with the GBA thing, I have like four sections of boxes that are alphabetized and I'm well, this weekend I'm going to go through and merge them all together. And to, then I take pictures of the boxes. So I, I know exactly where everything is. I feel like I can't relate to like the last three things, like, like maybe a little, but uh, like opening a box and realizing I'm missing a poster, unless it's like a key thing that I know I want, like the Genesis captain America pin that would annoy me forever. If I didn't have that, um, kind of the the Punisher tattoo. I'm a little annoyed I don't have that. But it's not like I bought them and realized I don't have them. Because I know in my Genesis set, I'm probably missing 300 registration cards, just like random generic EA type registration cards, and probably some rare ones too. But I, I like I I knew going into it that I wasn't going to get 100% complete everything. My Xbox set, I know I don't have all the Xbox Live trials that came with every game because that would be ridiculous to try. That would be like an entire project to try to track down the contents of every game, decide that I want to collect it. it. It wouldn't cost anything extra. It would just be like the mental thing of going through and knowing I have everything. Um, so honestly, opening an incomplete game like that does, does not bother me. Super Nintendo's done it. He's a better collector than you. I, I doubt it. I think it's probably in progress. I think it's really hard uh, to do that kind of thing, but hey, I don't know. Dan, do you listen to the show? Yeah, tell tell me if you have a, a list of contents of every Xbox game. Because you're going to need that when you publish the book on Xbox. True. Completing a set, I almost always feel like, all right, it's like, it's a great feeling, but then it's also like the addiction feeling of just like getting your next hit. It's like, oh, okay, this is over with. And now, okay, I got to alphabetize them. I'm probably missing some inserts that I do want. Uh, I know my Saturn gun Griffin has water damage. I should probably upgrade that. I never really feel like I'm a hundred percent done when I complete a set. I always feel like there's more to do. I, I mean, sure that wish sounds the... like a you problem. <laughs> I sure wish the endorphin hit lasted longer. Like that's when I was just thinking about it. When you said like, Oh, that like, you know, that, that rush of like, whatever. Um, I wish that lasted longer. Like it, just, it, it doesn't like on any scale, like even like when you're kind of larger collectors, like we are like, we still like, hit these like crazy milestones and then like minutes later or like not very long later we're like okay now what's the next thing like i just wish i wish i held on to that like longer. oh oh stefan wait have you tried buying more video games <laughs> <laughs> yes you want to know what the best feeling is clicking buy it now yeah did it <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean you're not wrong that's uh <laughs> it is, that is a, a very uh, hard endorphin hit right there yeah Ooh, did it more please <laughs> Yes, yep. please. Brain likes. Give more. Yeah. So I, I, I hold on to that set feeling for for a while. Like, and I guess maybe I do the opposite. Some, you know, uh, there's like a, a feeling that like book people, uh, I get a lot. Maybe people were very involved in like a series of uh, like a TV series, some some long epic, um, something you invest a good chunk of time game, like including like games. But once you beat it, and you're just like ah, like I lived in that world for so long and now I'm leaving it. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not ready to actually exit this world. I, I get that way in some games where I go mm -hmm. back and sometimes I'll play like part of the new game plus or go finish 
quests I hadn't done or something, or just run around like at the, you know, now that my character's at the, the best version of it. And like, but, uh, you know, there, there is that bad feeling of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to exit this world now and I, I'm going to miss it. So like with Super Nintendo, uh, because I love collecting for it, I always like leave things, you know, I'm like, ah, there's stuff. I'll find ways to collect more for the Super Nintendo. And you uh, have it. Didn't you have a stupid game for some console that you were intentionally not buying because you didn't yeah, did want to complete it? I didn't. I for Genesis Streets of Rage two. I had yeah. the <laughs> I had the NFR, and I didn't buy the regular copy, which because is like ten dollars. <laughs> well, it was like thirty or something. It wasn't something that was like not hard to do, very common, um, not too much money, but I I kept it there because I knew there would become a point where I'm like, I want to buy some Genesis stuff. And that would give me an opportunity to do that. Not, you know, fully close the book on it. And I do that with, with, uh, with some systems, like usually not to that extreme anymore. Uh, but I'll like keep a variant that I I really want, or just like have a list of some games that'll be like, if I really, if I start missing this system, um, then I've got these things I can go back and get. That was like me and the, the NES advantage. I, I, I eventually like got one in a lot, so like I have one now, but like it took years, like after I was done collecting NES to to buy the stupid joystick. Like I just didn't have one. Uh, I had all this other, you know, it's like, oh, here's stadium events, but I don't have an NES advantage. But did, was that something you like wanted? Because that's like the key point for me. It's like, I keep something I really want a recognizable. Um, not, not, you know. um, not that I wanted it necessarily, but that, um, but once I realized, like, once I identified it as a thing that was, like, ridiculous that I don't own, then I, like, intentionally didn't buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I cannot relate. My last games are usually rare or just really dumb. I think my last, so I'm coming to the end of my Super Nintendo set. I think the last game is going to be The Simpsons Itchy and Scratchy game, just because <laughs> never got gonna, like, It's hard to find Are you going to overpay drastically like I did? Uh, Well, no, because I'm just buying a cart. But what what did you Oh, you're talking about SOS. Yeah, SOS. I like. I I created a temporary bubble on no. that game. So there was a cart of uh, the Simpsons Itchy and Scratchy game that went for like eighty, seventy, or eighty dollars in like really nice shape, and I'm not about that life because they're they're all over in like six out of ten condition for like twenty bucks. So it's not a game I care about. I just got one of those. Nice. All right, what do we S- got? More settling good- for a game to complete your set. A good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think like when you finish something that needs to be like the best version of it, because you know, the, the, I actually like it better when it's not like too important of a game. Cause then you can buy something you don't care about, but it gives you a good feeling cause it's completing the set and it's uh, something you otherwise wouldn't have cared about. I have a good feeling. Ooh. I have a good feeling and a related bad feeling. Okay. We talked about this a little bit, uh, giving a good deal, which is a very, like a very, uh, uh, upfront and uh, and and basic good feeling. Uh, I would I would dig in a little bit deep, deeper in that the the best times that I feel um, or the best feelings I get from giving a good deal is when it's also a good deal for me. And largely that's when like I bought something years ago, uh, like like the Ninja Turtles I sold today. You know, there's a lot of those that I paid at one point. You know, when no one was collecting Ninja Turtles and nobody cared. Uh, you know, I paid a dollar or two for a figure that's now worth you know five hundred dollars, and then I can give a you know a three hundred dollar deal on it, right? And that person gets 
a great deal on a on a figure and i still made three hundred dollars or whatever you know it's like that those kinds of deals where it's like it's it's i'm giving a great deal and you're really happy but i've made my money too and that's that makes me real happy um those are i think the the best deals but just generally just giving a good deal also just feels good like being in the position when where you can give a good deal for whatever reason uh that's that's a that's a nice um that's a nicer feeling than i think wringing every dollar out of something that you can't you know yeah guys what's uh what is uh what is giving a good deal feel like is it like squeezing a balloon full of sand what what you, uh, the joke is I don't sell anything, weird? so I don't know what it's like to give uh, a good deal stuff. <laughs> no, but you you but you do know how it is to be like when you trade and you're like, I don't care about this stuff. Here, just take it from me. Just take this. I don't I don't I don't want to figure it out. Or you got like four things I like. That, that's like one of the good feelings I like when uh you're just trading like kind of casually with someone and you're just like, I don't care about these things. I know you want these things. I'm not worried about the price when when you're not like calculating dollar for dollar whether it's fine it's like this all right to you yeah this is all right by me i want this thing you want these things you both walk away happy and no one you didn't have to think too hard and and you know they perceive that they got a good deal and you perceive you got a good deal i, I like that feeling uh, uh, magic or I like the gathering be- before everyone subscribed to inquest and scry uh, yes or, or <laughs> actually it was when people had smartphones uh which was dead, but I'm actually like, we can get into that, but I'm actually for that because like lots of like dumb kids got ripped off and stuff when you get some sharky person being like, Oh, you want this dragon? Yeah. Here, take this. And you're like, Oh man, that, that kid doesn't know that that's a $30 card. Yeah. You just gave him a $2 card. That's Uh, that's not a good feeling, but I mean like, uh, remember when, what we do like a trade for some Xbox games and you just sent me like a pile of like 10 Xbox games. I forget what I sent you. It's not, not too much stuff like some manuals or something. I needed some Genesis manuals, probably. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it was Genesis. But, oh my yeah, god! Like Genesis. duplicates. If I have doubles of something, especially for something like Xbox, I will just give them to you, Johnny. I do not care. Yeah, that's like I. All of my costs in my collection have already been factored in. Like I don't buy things. I don't buy things and then have like the thing where like I'm buying this lot because I know that the thing I want is thirty dollars and I can sell everything else. So I'll calculate how much those are worth and how much I'll get for them. If something in a lot is worth $30, I will bid $30 for the entire lot. I won't win it 95% of the time. So the 5% of the time I do win it, all that stuff goes into the trade bin and I have no attachment to it. Yeah. And I have something like similar to that. Like when I buy a lot, if there's extras, the cost of the lot is the value of the items I need from the lot. Everything else. And when I put it in my spreadsheets and everything and in my database, that's how I calculate the cost. So if I paid $50 for a lot and there was only one game in it i paid 50 or that that i needed that game would cost me 50 dollars. everything else is just bonus items they, they don't mean anything so, to me wait they're like do you, zero dollars do you register that as zero no i put the game so, so like when i trade stuff i don't come in and then deduct money from that game spent i i spent 50 dollars on that game so like when i go to like when we go to Portland or where and at any of the LA shows and i sell something and then i go buy games with that money what I do is I write zero. I spent zero dollars on this because I've, I keep that trade money as like a separate pile. So I'm like, I, I got this for free. It was nothing. I'm going to move to my associated bad feeling. All right, go ahead. Which is awful. And I hate it. And this was actually this, this, my example for this bad feeling is actually changed, fundamentally changed how you and I, Johnny, trade things. Okay. Uh, when the worst feeling is the, the manual is when. 
you cannot come to a financial decision with a friend. Like oh, yeah. when it when it's when it's like you can't agree on a dollar value or you do agree on a dollar value and like one of those friends doesn't feel right about it. Like that is the fucking worst feeling ever. And that's you and I went through that one time. I think it was for a manual. It was it and it was for it was actually like it was a bunch of different manuals and like we hadn't agreed to a cost up front. So then like we had to come back to the thing where we had to agree to a value and then it was like too long and we weren't sure and we didn't agree so it was bad. it was awkward i did not like it and at, at the point i think we both got to the point where i'm like i don't care like at first i cared and then i was like no i don't care get please let's never do this right exactly and we said let's never do this and we literally yeah. never have yeah like no, that because like, that that was the worst feeling in the world yeah, it's it's super awkward. I would especially because like, it was over something trivial. I mean, like I know a couple of those manuals were like valuable or whatever, but like, uh, you know, it was over parts of a game. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, it it uh, it's never worth it. So, and that that's like something I'll tell people: don't get too caught up in the minutia, uh, especially if you're dealing with friends. Remember, twenty dollars isn't f-ing worth it. It's just not. Doesn't matter if the manual is a twenty five dollar manual, which is expensive for just a manual. Who cares? Like, trust me, value your friendships higher. Exactly. Looking back on that situation, I would have gladly paid someone $20 to To not not have had that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, uh, because I I deal with this with like uh, magic cards and stuff. One of my friends is, uh, he sells magic cards. He like runs a shop and stuff. He also does other work. He's like an IT professional. But, you know, on the side, his hobby also turned into like a second job for him. And he like deals in magic cards and like. Uh, because I am the way I am, my brain is like, okay, calculating prices, trying to find good deals. And I'm like, so I like, he, he lets me like beat him up on deals for magic cards and he knows he does this, but then we'll like go to lunch. And I'll be like, Oh, I got your lunch. Don't worry. Like I'll spring for his $40 lunch, but I'll fight with him on a dollar 25 magic card. I'm like a dollar 50. What's that's like a dollar 25 dude. Like I'll fight him on that quarter, but then buy his $40 lunch just, but he knows that's like a thing we do. But I, I agree, Stefan, uh, it, business between friends unless you develop some sort of relationship and understanding uh just at the end of the day if you don't feel like you're getting enough out of it uh friendship is its own reward and it will reap you far more benefits than whatever your perceived misvalue is and i'm not saying go get taken advantage of all the time uh but hopefully you have good friends that wouldn't do that to you and uh you know you you will cut you will both of you in friendship will be ahead in the end that's what i like to think a good message johnny that's a good message and again it, it really happened and it fundamentally changed our relationship so for the better yeah um yeah now so, we, uh, we don't talk anymore yeah well, now <laughs> we just don't bad. now we can, now we can we probably, so some probably would say we probably swung to the left uh a little bit too hard like to where like we really don't care about about the dollar value of anything ever uh, anymore yeah well and again it's like and not like being like, oh, hey, rich, rich people. But like, I'm just not, I don't no, want I mean, bet- to fight 20 Yeah, but I don't want, I also, like oh, most people, I don't really want to fight over $20. I don't want to fight over, like when I'm, when I'm in value hunting mode, I just don't ever want to do that with my, my friends over like transactions back and forth. Uh, especially, it, it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know, Plus, it, yeah. Plus, yeah, you know, yucky. with us in particular, we do so much, you know, quote unquote business together that. It all comes out in the wash, right? That's a very that's a true well, statement. And this, yeah, you know, just you're, it's, again, uh, a friendship. You will you'll both be better later. I promise. Like you can, 
That's the other thing like people don't realize is you can take a bad deal sometimes like for your friends. It, it doesn't matter. You like if you have good friends, it'll be fine. You you'll get it back. Don't worry about it. They'll get it back for you. Like yep. it might not be in games, but you'll you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Again, with the caveat that you have good friends. If you're around shitbags, you're around shitbags. Change your life. Um, you, you know, you don't have to hold on to people who are shitty to you. Um, so, that said, Tyler, what are some other good or bad feelings? Whoa. Um, <laughs> throwing it right at you. Yeah, Jesus. you just thought you were going to sit there and listen? When we, when we talk about feelings, I talk a lot. <laughs> How about... I don't know if this has happened to you. Finding a bootleg, not getting something in the mail... And immediately realizing it's a bootleg. Uh, I'm talking about like years later going through your toxic collection. Toxic Avenger? Uh, yes, Toxic Avenger. Where's the Toxic Crusaders? It's Toxic, toxic Crusaders, Crusaders on uh, yeah, the Game Boy. Yeah. It is a a wonderful looking bootleg. Not only uh, it's a game, it's a loose Game Boy game that I'm talking about. I, I said the story on the show, but the cartridge feels real. It doesn't say like game at the top. I'm not an idiot. It, it looks exactly like a regular Game Boy cartridge, except. The cartridge label has that Game Boy logo going down the left side. And there are a lot of Game Boy games that have that Game Boy logo going down the left side. It looks very legit. And I posted it on Nintendo Age in like a, let's document all the Game Boy variants thread. And I thought I was so f***ing smart. I'm like, no one posted this variant. I've never seen this before. This is probably real rare. I'm the coolest motherfucker here. Uh, and then immediately, I think it was RPG Collector, is like, that looks like bootleg, you should open it. And sure enough, it's totally like a, a 1990s bootleg version of it. It looks good, man. It's got like the, the, the label is peeling up at the bottom, like the Game Boy cartridges often do, just like just a little bit. Uh, I was really disappointed because even back then, that game was like an $80 game. And I had to just buy it over again because I'm not, I can't like return it to a store like three years later. Like, Hey man, you sold me this bootleg. I don't think that works. No, not at all. That, that is a bad feeling. Uh, I, I guess my counterpoint, good feeling would be when you do uh, like, if you've ever found like a, um, like a variant, like when you like on accident, when you find out you got like the good variant of something and oh. you didn't realize when you bought it, you're like, Oh, this is the variant version. And I got it. I wasn't even trying to do that. Awesome. Like, and it's the more valuable one or, you know, it's the first print or whatever. And you bought, you didn't, you weren't trying for that. You just happened to have done it. I just actually had that Tyler. We were talking, remember you told me to check my super Castlevania to see which version I had. And you're like, well, does yeah, it say we, made from Mexico on it? And I was like, no, you're like, you're good. I'm like, hooray. We were talking about feeling. Majesco Super Castlevania 4, and yep. I freaked you out about it to make sure you didn't have the bad version. And I realized I didn't know what version I had, so I checked <laughs> my version, and we both had the good version. So Yay, that, yeah, that, that, that definitely worked out. Yeah, that was a good feeling. Um, all right, Stefan, what, what else you got? What Good or bad feelings you got any more? Uh, yeah, I just actually came up with a good feeling. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Tyler's bad feeling of realizing something legitimate was was a uh, was a fake. Um, buying things that are listed as broken or for parts, and they're fine. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, where like you buy a console that says like, "Oh, it's not working" or whatever, and then you put in a disc in, you boot it up, and it's fine. Uh, that that's happened, or like missing a power cord, and uh, and you know buying something as is. My my famous. F- absolutely free dreamcast that i got at a, a yard sale can i have I that have a, yeah i didn't have a power cord and, and i go does this work he's like i don't know i'm like can i have it <laughs> <laughs> just, just, 
dumbest thing. <laughs> it worked. And yeah, so I got a power cord for this Dreamcast and plugged it in. It was fine. It's the Dreamcast I'm using now. Uh, so uh, so I've had Is that happen a couple times. Or like caught your house on fire, though? What? What what was the thing you started a fire in your house? Oh no, that was a uh, that was a power supply for a for a GameCube. <laughs> oh okay, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that was uh yeah I was trying yeah it, it was a voltage issue. It's fine. It's fine. It was only a, it was only a little fire. Um, Things you never bad feeling having to say it was just a little fire. Yeah, lighting your house on fire. <laughs> bad feeling. Um, but no, yeah, so, uh, you know, finding something that, that, uh, was listed as broken or, uh, for parts or something like that, and, uh, you buy it, and it's fine. It's great. Yeah, I don't and know, I, if I'm buying something that says it's broken, I'm, I'm buying it with the intention to fix it, or the hope that I at least have the knowledge to fix but it. But that's so. what's great, is like, so you, you know, you have the intention to fix it, and then you don't have to. Uh, or like, it happens, it, or it happens with games a lot, too, where it's like, oh, this is, like, not working, and it turns out it's just dirty. Right, like that's that's a pretty common one. Who like, tests oh, video games? Clean it for five seconds with a Q-tip, and it's fine. Um, I know uh, John Riggs has a has a segment on his YouTube channel where he um, it's like open cart surgery is what he calls it. Um, clever pun, but um, but people send him broken games to to try and fix, and like oftentimes they just need to be cleaned, and they're like, oh, it's not broken, it just was dirty. So stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I got a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for PS1 a while ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, it just doesn't play. And I was like, well, but the price was so good. I was like, I mean, the the manual and the, the back, like, I can find a disc. Like, that isn't a problem. So I bought it in that condition because for a very low price. And I was like, all right, well, still just buying the loose disc. And this will still be a good deal. And I just put it into a PlayStation 3 and it worked. I was like, well, well, all right. Ta-da. Never mind. Cool. There you go. Hooray! Yeah, so <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, so. I guess a uh, shout out to a uh, game news. Speaking of John Riggs, there's a uh, Days of Thunder, not prototype. It's an unreleased version of the game. It's a different version of the game. Uh, so Days of Thunder is a racing game where you race in first person along a pre-rendered 3D background, and the unreleased version has a different 3D effect that sometimes looks very weird. Uh, it's pretty cool for an NES. They're selling reproductions of it for uh, $80, so yeah, uh, you can go and buy it. that, or I assume you could download it, but I'm not sure. So, so I, I have a follow-up to that. That was, that was uh, found, so two, two cool things about that. One, it's, yes, it's $80, as repos are high dollar value, but it's to benefit the family of the now deceased developer. Oh, I should that have mentioned that, yes. Yes. I was going to say, um, ouch, $80 yeah, so, is expensive. Yes, like, it is oh, a high, but it's, it's, it's kind of for charity. Um, but the, uh, the other really interesting thing about that game is that it wasn't just like a ROM on a f***ing disc somewhere. It was pieces of a ROM spread between many, many, many five and a quarter floppy disks. So the video game, uh, the uh, game history, uh, they Sifaldi. actually, yes, Frank Sifaldi, basically. <laughs> stitched together this rom from a gajillion five and a quarter floppy disks and it worked like that that just blows my mind and he didn't even know he didn't know what it was when he was stitching it together right or right, whoever yeah, was doing that that must have been yeah. like the best feeling good feeling booting up a game and realizing it's an nes game no one's ever seen before <laughs> i've never yeah. had that one so yeah unrelatable tyler bad <laughs> Stefan remembers. All right. What else we got? Good, bad feelings. I know we have a few more. 
Um, we got a good one that, that basically has an, a, an instant mirror for the bad one. Uh, getting rid of your trade pile. Uh, uh, it's a very we... good, very good feeling uh, to get rid of your giant trade pile. Then that is again a unrelatable thing that Tyler will never experience. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then the bad Tyler feeling... doesn't have a trade pile. He just yeah. has extra stuff. An extra permanent collection. <laughs> my, uh, my bonus collection full of the <laughs> junk. <laughs> He's like, God dang it, this one's so big, I might have to complete this set too. I'm getting close. <laughs> so would anyone like to tell a story about getting rid of their trade pile before I go on to the bad feeling? What's the bad feeling? Adding to your f***ing trade pile. Every time I go to any show and anybody buys any of that stuff because it's all like lots of... Like, I don't go out... I don't like... You know me, I'm, I'm not a reseller. You know, I, I don't go out and buy lots and go, all right, this is a hot lot and I'm going to make a ton of money. That I, I don't buy like that. Um, I buy stuff and sometimes I get extra stuff when I buy stuff uh, because I wanted one thing in it, which leads to me having a trade pile. So when I get rid of any of it, it feels so good because, again, remember, all that caught like in my brain, all of that is a zero dollar. So all that becomes bonus monies for me that I then get to go buy something and then put, it cost me zero dollars next to. So I love that. So anytime I go to a show or any, anything and someone does that, like the last couple of shows I paid for a year of collector's quest, uh, like our, our service fees and everything. I'm like, all right, I can pay these service fees and everything. So I don't have to do that anymore. Cool. Cause I'm tired of seeing that bill. Like each time I do a show, that's like usually what I do with part of the money. So yeah. Thanks to I, anyone who I, bought, because uh, that's how you supported the show that way. I, I don't aggressively sell generally, too. And so when I do, you know, sometimes when Johnny will have a table and or like we'll get gifted one or whatever, and I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll bring, I'll pull a box out of the garage, right? And if I don't sell that stuff, then it's just going back in the garage. Like, it's not like an inventory, so, to, you know, so to speak. Uh, so my favorite one was when uh, it was one of the... Um, Retro City Fests that we went to, Johnny, and we had a, t a table with Eric, uh, Excite Bike Games, and uh, and I was like going through the day, and about like halfway through the day, I just look at Eric and I go, who was known for doing these kinds of things, so I just looked at him like, hey, you should just like buy my table out so I can not take any of this home, and he just looks at me, he's like, all right, <laughs> that was so I ended up selling out the rest of my table to Eric uh, so that I could. Uh, Thing, just go frolic for the rest of the day it was it was wonderful i mean to be fair you guys go frolic anyways i'm usually the person sitting at the table it's true johnny you're like the dad and we're like the kids who go have fun at the amusement park although to be fair generally you also bring the most inventory that's true and i don't know how like i don't really know how i accumulate all this extra stuff but that'll go to a related bad feeling before you get to yours buying something and realizing you already have it and just being stuck with it you're just like uh uh why why just buying a duplicate anything just ugh. it's upgrade no i don't like, feel I too don't, bad about that uh, see, i usually if but, i get excited when i see two of the same things i'm like oh i'm gonna get to make the best one out of these two things no, no like no i just i was telling you like it's a lot of castlevania talk right now but uh with stefan uh when we were doing the genesis stuff and remember, I was like, okay, we're just doing one ofs or whatever. So I put the wrong copy of Castlevania aside for you because I had like three copies of it. I okay. put I put the flip top box, you know, like opens at the top, not one of the slide out boxes. Yep. I put that one aside. I, I meant to take the slide box, but I wound up taking the flip top box and giving you the slide box and then wound up with two of the flip top boxes. And I was just like, 
Uh, I like having to be clear variant. because you're not specifying. You were talking about a Sega Genesis game, Castlevania Bloodlines. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. The cardboard box variant. Yes, the cardboard box variant. There's two variants of it. There's or there's two versions of the cardboard box. So there's one with a the slide out tray, and then one that where you just like open the top, and there's a spot for the cop, cart to drop in. So that was like just again, anytime you get any kind of duplicate and you didn't mean to, and you're just like, like if I'm buying a lot, whatever, I I know what I'm signing up for. But when you get something and you did not intend to get a duplicate, and you're just like. Ugh, this is so dumb. Why did I do this? And I've done it even with all of my lists. I've bought something I already own multiple times. Oh, here's a related bad feeling, Johnny. If you don't, do you have a related bad feeling? No, that was my bad feeling. Oh, nice. Um, when you thought you had a duplicate and you sell it and you didn't, that oh. is the worst. I sold. So like, I had a, I had a, I sold off a bunch of uh, GameCube dupes, and I thought I had a copy of Ikaruga. This is very recent. I thought I had an extra copy of Ikaruga. I did not. The one that happened to find its way into my trade pile on accident was my only copy. And uh, so then I sold it, and then suddenly I was, I did not have the GameCube set anymore, and that was a really shitty feeling, especially since like when I originally bought Ikaruga, it was not nearly as expensive as it is now. So I had to, so I had to take a bath on that and then rebuy it, uh, after buying that lot. Cause by the time, uh, it was actually a store owner up in Vegas. He's a nice guy. Um, but, uh, by the time that I realized my mistake and I asked him about it, uh, he had already sold it. So, uh, so that sucked. Stefan, I can relate to this unbelievably. I, 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 I need you to bring something? it up because I can relate to this. I did this with Super Mario USA on the Famicom. So I, I never sell anything, but my friend was like, hey, you got like an extra copy of Super Mario USA? And I did. So I sent it to him, not realizing I don't have an extra copy of Super Mario USA. I buy, or I at the time, I was buying just tons of Famicom games. So I just, in my mind, I'm like, I must have an extra complete copy of Super Mario USA. This game is so unfathomably common. And you could see this on display in one of the Retro Gem Miner episodes because I was supposed to have a complete copy of Super Mario USA and it's just a cart only copy. So that's my story. Wow. Ugh. Still, still, it's a bad feeling. It's a bad it feeling. It is a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling. But like, there is the good feeling of uh, selling off dupes. Um, sure. That yeah, feels good. Trade pile. Yep. Getting rid of that trade pile. That feels real good. Just or dupes yep. or anything. Trading, selling, just minimizing that pile feels good. Um, just in general, sometimes it feels good just to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So, um, and it's not just the, like, I don't want people to think, well, yeah, making money feels good. Eh, that's not just that. Just like oh, it's getting rid of stuff feels yeah, good. Yeah. The money yeah. is like a bonus to the getting rid of stuff for me as well. Tyler, you're like, ah, clear off the space. Um, so another good feeling is, uh, when you finally, like when you've had a pile of games lying around. And you finally get the, like, you find a spot or figure out how they're going to go and you finally get them put away. That is, I think we can all relate to that. Like that final moment where that pile that has just been a mess is no longer a mess. It has a home. It goes away. You're like, ah, no, finally, there's always another pile for me. Everything well, is such a mess. Well, yeah, I mean, Mr. I stack on my stairs. See, I just cleared off my stairs. <laughs> that didn't that feel was good. one of my weekend projects this weekend. Uh, my stairs are currently clear, 
but my dining room table is stacked to the ceiling with stuff I haven't put away for literally months now. Yeah, so, and I think it is, Johnny, I think it especially feels really good because this has happened a few times. Actually, I've called you about a few things for a solution and then had that moment of, of, of aha. That aha moment where you're like trying to figure out where something's going to go in the game room. And then like, and it's just been like, driving you crazy and then suddenly you're like oh i could do this thing and then it works and everything looks great and like yeah. that like that aha where like afterwards you know after you'd been agonizing over like i don't know where the hell i'm gonna put this thing uh figuring that out is is amazing yeah feels great or just like building a shelf like to building your shelf and like just finally getting that shelf up bolted to the wall and you're like got the games on it that feels really good too like setting up your displays or uh and i'll even go into rearranging like when you you got stuff and you just rearrange it and you, you like you think of something you think you'll like better and it works out you're like man this looks really good now I feel really good about this um, those are those are good feeling moments too yeah except that actually building shelves is the worst uh, the f-ing worst absolutely it is absolutely <laughs> the worst I have built twelve Oscar 1080s and I never want to see one ever yeah. again in pieces don't come to me with your problems bro. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> you know who else has built like 12 of those? Plus all of my best of ones. Just the the whole Ooh, 14. We'll go, I lied. 14. We'll we'll go into a, a worst feeling. It it's like knowing that you need to buy a new shelf to upgrade. And this was much more common when I had first started collecting. I'm like, I got enough room for all these games and I'll buy some more and it'll be fine. And then be like, oh, I gotta this shelf is actually too small. So then having a shelf that is also worthless because there's no way you like you're seeing your trajectory and you're like this shelf that is uh, three foot tall and like 14 inches wide is never going to be enough room for any games I own. So this shelf is basically garbage. What am I ever going to do our, with this just thing? Just put it out and then put it out the curb and you'll have the good feeling of getting rid of something yes. that we talked about before. Also, guys, build to the ceiling from the beginning. Stop buying this nonsense shelves that are like three feet high from Walmart. Right, exactly. And that's like when what I did when I first, like 2004, I was like, yeah, I got this. It holds like 500 DVDs. This should be enough forever, said the dummy. Um, when would I ever use this much space? Yeah. How could I ever fill this? Derp, derp, derp. <laughs> <sighs> like, I, I remember when I bought my first Oscar 1080, and I was like, yeah, there, like, where will I be if I fill this thing up? And then by like the time I had organized everything, it was already full and I still had games and boxes. And I was like, oh, Ooh. I was in this space for the longest time, Johnny, because I was mostly collecting cartridges and fucking cartridges don't take up any room like NES and 64 Super Nintendo Atari, like all that stuff. You could literally take it all and put it into a big box. But then once you collect more boxes, either you have cardboard boxes, which are thick and take up many, many times the space of a cartridge on a shelf, or you have DVD cases where they're all $2 games. So you end up buying like a thousand of them. And now, oh, I need room for a yep. thousand games. That's an yep. entire the wall shelf costs more than the pile of games, games on it. Now. Yeah. Like the Wii, Wii U set. <laughs> nope. There's only like 200. Thankfully, there's not uh, a thousand Wii U games to buy. But uh, hey, that Wii U set's going to take off one day. Watch it. Watch it now. We we yep. we joke now, but let's, sure let's revisit this in three years. Originally developed version yeah. of Zelda uh, Breath yeah. of the Wild, guys. Sure. Um, all right. Game. We have any more good feelings or bad feelings? Are we? I I think we got enough, but. Well, I'll give a. I got a. I got a good one and a bad one. So we'll uh we'll we'll flip flop there, Tyler. All right. So uh my last good one 
is uh, making an offer for something on eBay, having the guy or having the seller turn you down, and then winning the auction for less. That is like the most vindicating feeling ever. Uh, that happened to me the other day. I uh, put in an offer on a game. The guy said no, and then I won it for $50 less than the offer that I put in. And it's just like the perfect, like, I get what I want. Also, f*** you. Like, that's, that's, that felt real good. It's a, just it's be like, like a, a nice guy at the other end, like, no, I really think it's worth more. And Stefan's like, ha ha, f*** you, <laughs> Got it. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> It's not the most nice. Uh, see, I like, but I, I have the opposite of that one too, where it's like you put in an offer for something and they turn you down maybe even say something snarky to your offer. And then like two months later, they take less than you offered. And you're like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? I mean, and I've already moved right. on and bought it, but I'm just like, yeah. what the f- yeah. come on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or si- similarly, when you overpay for something or like pay exact market value and then your auction then flushes more into the market and then like the next two I mean, sell for like dramatically less than like whatever you pay for. And people like, but people don't know how many are out there. And then suddenly you like the thing you bought triggers interest and then triggers the release. And then the thing you bought is like worth half of what you paid for. It. You're like, uh, hate that. Um, yeah, not great. Tyler, come on, Tej. Let's let's do. Tej, right, TJ, let's see one. Oh, We're here. Man, I'm getting Tj over here. I'm gonna <laughs> say a uh, really good feeling is uh, categorically fixing a misconception in game collecting, or at the very least, documenting something or documenting something in an easy to find place for the first time. And so this this was this week probably. Uh, I Super was looking horrific. into Impossible Mission Two. And it's always been in the the back of my mind that Impossible Mission 2, the SEI version, because there's two SEI variants and an AVE variant. And in the back of my head, I thought the SEI version was never released. Um, SEI Impossible Mission 2, probably one of the most common sealed NES games. There's just tons of new old stock out there. And I figured out it's because there's this website called consoledatabase.org, and their kind of wiki page on SEI says... Impossible Mission 2 was never released, so SEI technically never made it to market with anything. And I had read this, and just in the back of my mind, I always thought that's what it was. I thought it was basically like Cheetah Men 2, where it's like, well, I guess these got out somehow. This is maybe not the best example, because I proved this entirely wrong in about 20 minutes. So my personal copy of the color label of Impossible Mission 2 has a Blockbuster sticker on it. So, oh, hey guys, guess what? It was released. And then uh, the person who implanted this seed in my head in the first place to go looking into this retro game enthusiast on Instagram, his black and white copy has a different rental store sticker on it. So guess what? Both of them were released to the market. Uh, I had that posted on Video Game Sage in my own thread where I'm like, was this ever really released? And I documented like, yes, categorically, this game was released. ConsoleDatabase.org is a site run by maniacs who are putting out wrong supposed information into the market. I hate them. I hate this. I hate everything about it. Why are you not already making a YouTube video about this? Because it's such a stupid thing. Like, who would even <laughs> think that Impossible Mission 2 wasn't released? Like, I got it from this this website probably no one's ever even heard of. And all they're doing is, like, pumping this dumb, this dumb little factoid that I'm the only one who ever picked up on into the market. There's other things that I, I remember. So I have made two other YouTube videos I could think of. Uh, there was this very big misconception that 
two NES zappers can't be used at the same time. Yeah, There's like some NES wiring diagram that shows that the two ports are wired differently. And I made a, a video on YouTube just showing me playing chiller with both zappers. Just like, hey guys, this is technically possible. And uh, the other one is people think that Night Trap was censored after the original Redbox release. But the red box, the blue box, and the 32X release are all exactly identical. And the scene they're talking about in particular, I forgot the character's name. It's the most famous scene in Night Trap. It's uh, the girl in the bathroom, the and then she gets injected in the neck, basically. Uh, that is 100% identical between all three versions of Night Trap. And uh, all those videos got thumbs down by people because they were not well-produced, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or they just didn't want to admit that they were wrong. Yeah, that that was before I had like a microphone. I just I basically just like raw put the video out there. I'm like, hey guys, in case you didn't know, there's a misconception that this might have been censored, but it's not. Thank you for coming to my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's funny. Any other good or bad I got feelings? One, yeah. yeah, I got one more. Uh, and this one, I think uh, Johnny and I especially have felt this a few times, but uh, and it comes from our uh, love of Instagram, but. Uh, <laughs> posting posting things that are like genuinely interesting or rare or important like oh here's this at least to us in our minds yeah at least to us or like you know or like you know just like things that like oh here's this thing like not many people know about and i'm showing it to you and i think this is really interesting and you should care and nobody cares and then you go post a f-ing picture of mario 3 and everyone loves it yeah. like that's <laughs> the old that's, standby posting a mario 3 yeah, yep. it just, it's the easiest it just way to get me. likes. It drives me crazy. For the longest time, my most liked picture on Instagram was that stupid <laughs> house fire cartridge I have, <laughs> right? Like, people were, like, super into this f-ing game that got lit on fire, and then I post something genuinely rare, and it's, like, six likes. <laughs> Hate Look, it. Look, you knew that house fire cart for, it was Castlevania, right? Yes. So you knew that, like, after you bought it and a bunch of people asked you about it, you knew people were going to be way more interested in that than anything else you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it does. It does provoke a story. But like it, but it does that. Like, I do have some very, like, you know, common, common uh, posts on on uh, Instagram or like, you know, showing something very um, not interesting, in my opinion, or, you know, uh, and uh, and they've done very well. All the stuff that shouldn't matter does very well. Yeah. Well, it's not that ju- it's just more relatable. Like yes, people. Yes, no. Like oh, I understand Metroid. why. I, I just love hate Metroid. it. Yeah. Like I don't care yeah. all that much because it's it's all relative. Like some people get a thousand likes in every post. You know, when I started, I was getting forty likes on a good post. Now I get probably I don't know two hundred. But I, I'm mostly here to interact with the same like twenty people that I'm always interacting with on Instagram. That's the main reason I'm posting. Yeah. But I do have an example here. I've been looking for a Dance Dance Revolution big box all year. I couldn't believe that these are actually hard to find because Dance Dance Revolution they are was hard to find. I still don't have one. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that like they're not even on eBay and there was none in like sold listings. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so one finally came up. I was the only person who bid on it. I, you know, I probably overpaid a little for it, but um I posted it and it's like my only post that totally flopped on Instagram. No one commented on it. I was so excited that I found this thing. I uh, if it makes you feel better, Tyler, I was like, God damn, that's a good one. I still I still need it. I was jealous when I saw it. And the thing is it's it's not like I don't 
I don't, it's not a bad feeling just in a vac or in a vacuum or because I am some elitist douchebag collector, which I am. Uh, it's, it's that it usually it equates to amount of work that I've done, right? Generally the, the really obscure rare stuff or historical stuff that I show, I've put way more of myself into like being able to create this post either like actually spending more time on the actual post or just the time that it took me to find the thing or the money that it took to buy the thing right it's always more than some like mario 3 card only game right i'm gonna spruce this up i'm gonna i'm gonna take you away from fat cat stefan and make you (laughs) relatable so when you put a lot of work into an Instagram post or you think you've got something really cool and you show off and then no one no one says anything, you get zero comments and not enough likes, uh, that moment feels bad. How about that? Yes. 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 Thank you for yes. summarizing, Johnny. Well we'll we'll make it we'll make it uh a little more condensed than I bought this super rare piece of art that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> you should care about this, I'm telling you, and then they don't <laughs> like it. Now, speaking of something, I'm just going through Instagram right now, looking for my least popular posts, and one of them is, uh, it's a really rare hand-drawn Game of Thrones pinball translate. It's a, it's an unlicensed alternate art thing that's super cool, yeah. and no one gave Nobody me. cares. <laughs> no <laughs> I mean, no one cares about pinball, so whatever. Yeah. All right. Is that, that it, guys? We done? Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, wait, so, didn't you have one more thing, I, Tyler? I, if I you thought want, Tyler had one more thing. I, I can I keep throwing them out there. We can make this podcast go. No, we we don't need to. It was supposed to be. We're already over right. an hour. Right. So I, I'm going to close us with the worst feeling of all, okay, in game collecting, like for game collectors. When your giant repository of super good information and useful threads <laughs> suddenly gets bought by GoCollect and then flushed down a f***ing toilet and you can't use it anymore. And then That's like super all relatable. that work. That is the most all, relatable one so far. All the people who did all that work and all... All those things, those threads you needed to go back and reference suddenly aren't there. Womp, 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 womp. Bad feeling. Johnny, are you bringing this feeling. up because we were talking about databases today? Uh, maybe. Okay. It is very topical because we always bring up the people with the secret spreadsheets on the show. And like, I've got my own spreadsheets and I kind of know what's out there for the things I'm interested in. But I don't actually have like the hot secret spreadsheet with every video game listed with all pictures and all this like crazy information that I can pull up at any time. Like even for something simple, like uh, every Castlevania variant, I don't know those off the top of my head, but I know there's a Nintendo age thread that still exists like in the go collect archive and on that site that archive Nintendo age that I can go reference when I need to bring up a list of Castlevania variants. But we live in an age where like resources like that are getting removed from the internet. So I don't want to have to rely on, uh, on always referencing back to that. So I am currently in the process of starting my own secret super spreadsheet. That's going to be super right. cool guys. Everyone's going right. to be so jealous. I'm ge- not if it's a secret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like, how do I share? It's, it's a weird thing. Cause I'm going to be putting like a, uh, you know, Brazilian and Gluck Spanish uh, NES releases in it. And that kind of stuff is scattered around the internet if you look for it, but I want to have it all personally uh, in my own kind of... I got some I got some resources for you, so I'll help you out. All right, good. All right. Yeah, I need a, I need to start. Okay. I, I think that's a smart thing to do. And it would be nice if uh, 
we could, if, it would be nice if there was a place you could go, like Nintendo Age, where you could share those resources with people and then have people add to it so you could find things out. That would be nice, right, guys? See, no, I, that's why I kind of want it to be a secret spreadsheet. I, I don't want vgcollect.com. I don't want art generation. I don't want other people f***ing my shit up and trying to contribute. I just want these are the things I'm interested in. And whenever I see like that weird new game on Instagram, like I know, okay, I'm never going to see this again. Let me save this picture right now and put it somewhere so I don't have to remember. Oh, okay. If I, if I go back two years in Super Nintendo's Instagram posts, I know I can find that Hollywood video variant and then realize in Super Nintendo, you delete your old Instagram posts. God damn it. He archives them. True, so he does. Ha- if you if you ask him, he probably has them archived. I know. He, if, if, I can ask him. I can ask him something, and then he'll come back and be like, "Oh, and also here's this bonus thing that you never knew existed. Have Dan, fun." That's every time with Dan. <laughs> every time with Dan, he's like, "I ask him about something." And he's like, "Oh, and then also these ten facts." And I'm like, "Dude, you just cost me money and time. Thanks, Dan. But also, that's amazing that you know all that." Um, so is. yeah. He is such a good resource. He knows so many things. He does. Um, Yeah. That guy is a treasure. Um, All right. We already mentioned Red the Game Shark, right? Red the Game Shark. Uh, Anyone else we should be calling out? We've done Excite by Games. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Anyone else we're supposed to be talking about today? I dropped, uh, I name dropped the shack, right? The the shop that I sold all my turtles from? Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. So uh, that's it for that part of the show. Collectaholic. I'm sorry. That's it for the show. Yeah, that's it for for that bite. Hyrule Vice. Um, anyone else? Any other? Oh, uh, Coffee with Mr. Saturn. Good resource for GBA stuff. If yeah. we didn't Good. mention your name right now, we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> anyone else I'm supposed to be talking about? Um, you know, we've been talking hmm. about making lists. We're making one about you. Yeah. You know... <laughs> There, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work. We'll, we'll shout out Retro Game Trader. He's th- throwing a lot of like weird Xbox 360 stuff out there right now. So if you care about that system, not that I think you should, but if you do, there he's got a lot of neat stuff, and he's someone to follow for that. There's a lot of people. We should we should actually just do a whole episode of like super useful collectors to follow uh, to learn that- stuff about. I have actually recently. I think I, it wasn't exactly that. That is like going to be like, our episode next time, isn't it? But, the community's yeah, episode? I, is that part of what you wanted to do? I thought you were I talking so. about websites. Okay. No, I had someone I had someone actually say like, oh, I don't think anyone's ever done a podcast of like, hey, you should know about these people in the scene if you want to do X thing in the scene, right? Like, oh, I want to collect signs. I should know these people. I want to, you know, I want to know about lists. And so I want to know these people or like, uh, like kind of like a compilation of like people in the industry or not industry, people in the hobby that you should know for, uh, as resources, furthering your own education. Yep. Um, I agree. We should, we should do that. We'll, we'll, we'll try to categorize them the best we can. We'll like, we'll, we'll find Xbox people and Nintendo people like on Nintendo age and stuff. You knew like, Oh, if you need to know something about Nintendo, these are the five people you want to go talk to. You know, right. yeah, like, yeah, it would be nice to like shout those people out one because they're, they, they're doing, they're doing good work and you know, they're just, you know, have so much valuable information, but, um, also that like, suggestion was from Kelsey Lewin. Hey, Kelsey, yeah, so <laughs> we, we will try to do that. Name drops. So name drops more than that's what we're doing. Wanna, I thought that's what I, we're doing. Uh, no, we were doing some name dropping. Sure. Name, name drop anyone you want right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bunch of people who, uh, who deserve it that we haven't got around to and we should. Sure. So. Feel free to remind us if you if you feel like we should be. If you feel like we should be dropping your name and we're not, let us know. I mean, there's a bunch a, of those people. 
retro game traders instagram right now and this guy is like for years now he is balls deep in wii xbox xbox 360 and uh, ps2 all all kind of the the dvd stuff why is his name retro game trader he seems like he's like the most dvd centric guy but we don't know what the cutoff we don't know what the cutoff for retro is remember we had a whole talk about how that's not even a good word oh my god Remember, we talked about it with Eric. We did. I remember I was in the minority. I'm going to make a YouTube yeah. video on that because I'm mad that uh, I was I was disagreed with. I okay. still can't figure out if Eric likes Tyler based on that interaction. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric likes anyone he can fight with a little bit, you know, <laughs> as long as it's not like personal. You know, he likes to fight about ideas. He's OK with an argument and some conflict. So he liked he liked that. Well, I like well, you, Eric. So he doesn't listen. He he never gonna oh, hear. He this. doesn't listen. What yeah, you he will never hear this. No, no. He, if, if he does, he'll listen <laughs> he to like twenty. Is, he is in a so row. far above this podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, like I said, let's move it to the uh, second part. What we're what we're buying, and uh, if we played anything. So Tyler, did you buy anything? Uh, I I sure think I did. This wasn't that long ago. I got a Hagane cart from the Filthy Game Room. Uh, Yay. A pretty you deep place on Facebook. Yeah. So I've been looking for like a, a near mint Hagane cart. We've which... talked about so often God on this damn, podcast. Your not quest out for Hagan. <laughs> I d- did you see what I did there? I, I used the name wrong and we'll see how many people are mad. Yeah. I talked over mm-hmm. you. You said Hagan. <laughs> I did. It's <laughs> um, trolling people now. Yeah. So this one, it's got like a little bit of edge wear, but it's not egregious. The other game I remember distinctly settling for, besides Itchy and Scratchy, I, I settled for that. Uh, International Superstar Soccer. International Superstar Soccer there's is no like, nice you copy. cannot find that mint. Like, there's one on eBay that's complete in box, but it's like $1,000. Um, yeah. These stupid games for their a- reasons. Any of the uh, Super Copas the same way, like any of them were like pretty much made in... Uh, no, Mexico, South America at all. Just yeah. forget it. Forget it. They're just, so, Super it's Copa, just the production quality. Like Supercopa is a really hard game to find, but I haven't had as many conditions. I, I think my Supercopa is pretty nice. Which, at which least compared version? To, like, which, the Playtronic? No, so I've got, got the, the good one. I've got the guy kicking the other guy in the balls version. Okay. Oh, I mean, there's two versions. One was like the Brazilian one and one is not. Don't they have different box art though? They do. Yeah. We've got the good one. Super Copa, by the way, a game that's not on Nintendo's official list of Super Nintendo games. So does it count? Do you need that for the set? Uh, yeah, right. I'm just, sorry, I'm flashing back to last week. Also, Phalanx has the wrong name in that list, and uh, uh, Mountain uh, Extertainment Double Pack is also not in that list. Uh, Nintendo doesn't really know what's on their own consoles. No, they um, sure don't. They work with a bunch of different partners, too. I like bringing that up because it's part of the thing that stresses me out into being like, I need to make my all lists. All information on the internet might disappear one day, and Nintendo doesn't know what they have. What's going to happen? I need to be documenting this for myself. Well, my favorite is people always say, oh, well, I'm sure the companies know. Like, that's like your first thing with people who aren't really experienced. They're like, no, they, they have no idea. They don't know what's going on here. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> they they sure know, uh, you know, like Adventure Island and Super Mario World, the games that they're going to keep selling you for the rest of your life. Yeah. They, they don't know about this weird stuff. It doesn't matter to them. Yeah. Um, all right. And Tyler. then uh, I also I also got a, a big ass lot of Sega Master System games. And I want to mention that because uh, I was probably going to buy like in a normal world, I would probably be buying PlayStation one right now because that's kind of what I want to buy. But 
I am taking my own advice and not buying stuff that is literally on fire in piles oh in the streets. There are like is... bonfires of PS1 and N64 and GameCube games. What is uh, going on? The prices still are crazy. No, crazy. The curve PS1 is flattening. Right it's not still exponentially going up, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I got Golden Axe Warrior. Woo! Uh, you got the good yeah, one, too. Woo! I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, well, we can fight about whether... Whether those stickers mean anything or not, the UPC stickers. Woo. Yeah, they mean something. I don't know. Nah, maybe they do. Man, like, I would not want a Golden Axe Warrior without the UPC sticker. Because I want the one that was released in America. But, but, if I took my copy of Sonic 2 or something and replaced it with an identical PAL case, technically now, that case was released in Europe or something. And now that game is Theseus's Paradox Not Complete. But I would never care about doing something like that. So the whole thing, it breaks my brain. I try well, not to think about it. And well, the best see, way that's, to- that's the thing. Only the UPC sticker was released in America. Because those games were just shipped over here and then had a UPC sticker put on them. All the yeah. other parts, it's just a sticker on the outside of the case. Yeah. it's uh, And like there there are variants. I'm, I'm positive I probably have an Xbox game that's supposed to have like, uh, you know, one of those holographic nba or, or nfl stickers on it and i'm positive know. i've got one that's probably in the wrong case and you know i just wouldn't care i wouldn't even think about it but uh but these stickers matter more but for than sega all master stickers. system because because people have drilled it into my brain over the past you know 15 years uh that's what i think about but that that thanks, is like thanks a, people from digit press or wherever i learned this to begin with yeah it's a pro tip though uh if you were buying sports games make sure you're like most of them have like the official nba or nba uh nfl seals on them make sure you're like not getting a case replacement with those so and make sure you buy a nice copy because if it has the sticker like especially on cd cases because you're never going to be able to like replace that pull that sticker off though i did see people saying like yeah just blow dry it off of that one and then use like rubber cement and glue it on i was like oh my god ew god what are we talking about here that's (laughs) stop it oh that's like restoration in the worst don't. It is. Do don't not. Do that. I don't think anyone would ever do that because that's super dumb. No, but, that was uh, in the high end game thread. They were talking about this. I was like, you guys are the worst. Get out of some, here. There's some silly stuff in a lot of Facebook groups. Facebook is part trash. of the reason you should join Facebook, Facebook groups is, is some of the trash. funny things people say. Oh my gosh. I just want to take a, a small step back because sometimes I feel like we, I know this is more of a podcast for advanced collectors. Sometimes I feel like we bring a lot of things up and then never really explain what we're talking about. I just want to say that there is like five uh, Sega Master System games that are identical to the versions that were released in Europe. And they just brought them over here and they stuck a barcode sticker on the back of them. And that is technically the we U.S. version of We assume that all of them got... Okay, because that might be they, assumed. They were imported and then at the docks they were supposed to get stickers, if I have my history right... Uh, there, we're not exactly sure where the sticker went on. Um, so, and some of them may have been missed, like pallets could have been missed because I, I have a friend who bought a Sonic two here in America in, you know, in Los Angeles, California. And, uh, his Sonic two doesn't have the sticker on it. He's had it his whole life. Doesn't have the okay. sticker. He bought it here. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? I know. He's well, hold on. Had, Sonic like, two him, only came out in your- or not Sonic two, Sonic one. Sonic. Sorry. Sonic. Yeah. Sonic on the on the Master System. He bought it there at, at the Toys R Us that's uh no longer exists cuz Toys R Us went away, but you know, it it stood for most of our lives and uh he still has it to this day. No sticker on it, 
but I've been called an idiot and a liar over this. I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm not that into it. So like mine has a sticker, but whatever. I know that's, that's, it's not like a hundred percent proven. However, this went down, but there are like a lot of golden axe warriors have the UPC sticker. Oh yeah. And yeah. For, for whatever reason, like Sonic is probably the rarest UPC sticker. Which I realize it came out super late in the the second yeah, master system, and Genesis was the thing. But uh, yeah, and then the other Bat games, Spider Man, Strider, Spider Man, yep. and uh, is that it? I think it's only four. I don't think there's five. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, if you buy any of those games, you want the UPC sticker, or don't care. But most of them, or don't most, care. Most of them do, and you like what you want to make sure is just you got the proper inserts, like it. Yeah. There are multiple copies, and the way regions work, especially back then, was really weird. So just make sure you're buying the right copies. Yeah, don't not care about all your Sega Master System games, because it's really easy to end up with, like, PAL manuals, which are in a... They're, like, lengthwise instead of portrait, like most of the, the American manuals. Sega Master System, you could just end up with a big pile of random stuff if you are not careful. True. All right. Um, yeah. Well, you, what else you got? You play anything? Oh, I played Rygar. I was oh. always uh, super intimidated of Rygar. Rygar Why? starts Rygar's you out. Great. So Rygar great. starts you out. I'm almost positive. You can either go right or you can go left. And no, you can go. I right. never went left. I don't even know what's to the left. And I just I boot it up every time. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be one of those games. It's going to be like Battle of Olympus. I'm going to have to make a map. I'm going to have to keep notes. Like, first of all, Rygar is like two hours long. And second of all, the manual, it tells you everything. It, it has a map of the world. It's like, this item's here, this item's here, this boss is here. You should do it in this order. And it's like, and go get the grappling hook first. Also, because, yeah, here's a map the of the first thing. screen that tells you how to get to the overworld. It is so helpful. And Tyler, what? I don't understand. How is this game ruining your life? Because you only play games that This game's not ruining my life. I had a great time what? with Rygar. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I've been, and the Rygar manual is hilarious. If you if you haven't oh, seen what is it, the oh I forgot what they uh, call the monsters, animalistic something, right? It's some weird that uh, when they well we teased them now. Now we're gonna have to cut this and and look up what the Rygar manual says. Don't you have now a picture? You're gonna have to cut this and look oh, up. Yeah. You have a picture. Anyways, Rygar is a a great game. No, uh, stop talking. We're cutting this and we're gonna tell the people what the Rygar manuals like. No, you're that, gonna do it in post. What? You can do it in post. Yeah. We'll do it in post. It's fine. They're animalized men wriggling eerily is the the monster pages are called. Yeah, that's the bestiary. <laughs> is nice. that like a mistranslation or just Yeah, it's just like that? a horrible uh, translation. It has to be. No one says it on purpose. <laughs> it's great. Like I think I brought this up on this podcast. I know I posted it too. I I posted it to my stories a long time ago. Rygar is a favorite. I have shared one of my Instagram stories uh on like IGTV was about Rygar. Yeah, I and I'm just, I'm I'm also bringing this up in such a detail because I posted this story of how I kind of discovered Rygar and it wasn't intimidating at all. And two people on video game stage were like, "Really? I've never played that." Because every time I boot it up, I'm like, "Oh, I don't have time to figure this out." Uh, Rygar is is not hard to figure out if you can. Read you map. actually go to the left? Can you not? I maybe uh, maybe I I'm misremembering. I like I don't. Go to the left. Well, see now you've got me freaking out. I'm like, can you? Go to the left when you start because I'm so conditioned to go to the right in video games. Did I just go to the sure. right and never think about it? I'm going to say you can only go to the right because that All sounds right, maybe, crazy to me. Maybe I just got Because you like drop off in that desert area with the, like the little ball things yeah. and then like the trees and 
My favorite area. You is can't the, go to the, the air force. What am I? What am I talking about? Sometimes I say things that just don't make sense. Like coronavirus fever is not a coronavirus symptom. Is that something was I said a, a few okay. weeks ago to you guys. Not <laughs> funny. Like at the same later, time, I'm hilarious. Like, what was I talk? You guys just kind of ignored me or corrected me, and then an hour later, I'm like, "Was I, I thought drunk? Ma- I thought maybe you had a fever. <laughs> I was like, yeah. ma- maybe he's having fever dreams right now. <laughs> it's like the only symptom. <laughs> Well, th- that's not true. There are you, there's like it's a, a list it's a very, of like a it's bunch a very of weird, prevalent but it's symptom. like the most common symptom is fever, and then followed by uh, yeah, cough. And it, it's and the symptom that's like tumors. okay, if you have this other thing, but you have a fever, then you know, yeah, yeah, then get worried. That was like a weird thing Tyler did. Tyler, way to stop work drinking. on coronavirus. Yeah, you I'm did sorry. it. Try not to bring the people down. No one wants to think about coronavirus. Oh, no, okay. I'm watching I'm watching someone play Rygar right now. I know exactly what happened. When you die in Rygar, it puts you back at the beginning of the area. Yeah. And so I died on the second screen, and it put me back at the beginning of that screen, but I thought it put me back at the, at the beginning of the game. Okay. S- bunch of speculation. Awesome. So Sorry, you I blacked Rygar. out there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh it's not it's not nice to tease Tower. He's doing he's trying to figure it out over here. Um you play anything else? But Rygar's great if you haven't go check out Rygar. It's uh it's a hidden gem, right, Tower? <laughs> hidden gem. No one's ever heard of Rygar. Right, yep. Yeah, Bad but, feeling. I, I played some it. other NES stuff that I, I'm less passionate about than Rygar. It's not like Rygar is the best thing I've ever played, but uh but you had a played racer and uh, Batman Return of the Joker left less of an impression on me. Yeah, for reasons <laughs> for mul- multiple. Re- Rygar is the classic. Those aren't wonder why. Um, okay, Stefan, what uh-huh. what one of one art piece did you buy? Um, what what crazy what crazy <laughs> purchase did you make this week? He says knowingly. There's only there's only a couple. <laughs> there's only a couple. He says. Uh-huh. Go okay, on, Stefan. That's exactly what you bought for people. I'm trying to keep it together. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, um, so uh, I I found a particularly special jacket that I really enjoy. Um, it uh, was made for. So it's a, a varsity jacket that has the and and I, I think I posted a picture on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but uh, it's a, a varsity jacket that has uh, the Donkey Kong. Uh, embroidery on the back that's holding the logo. They actually that that lo, that imagery is actually pretty common. Nintendo reuses it on a lot of stuff, but uh, it has uh, on the breast of the jacket. It has um, the Nintendo Power logo. Where normally on those jackets you would find um, the regular like Nintendo Racetrack uh, logo. And so uh, I did some digging into that, and it ended up being custom made for Gail Tilden, who at the time was the uh, editor-in-chief for Nintendo Power Magazine. She actually founded the magazine. She was the the founding editor-in-chief. And uh, she had left uh, to go look over the, or to, to, um, to manage the North American launch of Pokemon. And when she left, they made her this jacket, uh, but it was too big for her. So she didn't want it. And it just sat in a closet at Nintendo for years. And then eventually a staffer took it and I, and I linked up with that staffer a few weeks ago. So, uh, so that jacket is awesome and, and, and truly is one of one. So that's cool. Um, uh-huh. and then, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, oh, another thing, uh, not not that I didn't technically 
buy them. But uh, one one good thing that I'm that uh, happened this week is uh, my framer has opened back up. Yay for them! Uh, and so things that I have had stuck in my fr- at, at my framers in in COVID related purgatory for three months, uh, I'm starting to get back now. So I had some like there was a an NES launch poster that um, that I had framed, and I finally have that back. And there's some that art pieces that I'm waiting on. Uh, Tyler's wedding. Yes. Um, so things that things that have been there for a long time i'm finally getting back which is nice so it feels like i just bought them even though i didn't um but the um the larger purchase uh is i so if you've been following me for any length of time i've talked about virtual World a lot you, you all know my fondness of mechs that is uh, uh directly inverse to to johnny's uh distaste of yeah of mechs. as much as you love mechs is as much as i hate mechs yes uh, so, uh, there was, uh, throughout the nineties, a, uh, location-based entertainment, uh, facility, not dissimilar to Dave and Buster's, but much more focused. Um, it was a cockpit-based, they called it virtual reality. It was obviously not virtual reality, but cockpit-based virtual reality simulators, uh, based off the Battletech or MechWarrior IP. Uh, and then there were, they also had a racing game called Red Planet. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a, basically a, these, these, large cockpits that uh technologically it was all custom hardware technologically it's sort of i'd say it looks a lot like Star Fox. um it's that sort of like unshaded poly not like cell shaded but like uh, just like unshaded polys um gameplay uh and uh, so anyway that that uh business didn't go under it but they changed drastically and they, they're like those uh, they had cockpits actually in david busters for a while but um yeah but this this older hardware um there uh, so before virtual world closed in 98 uh or 97 um they created new new hardware based off of um really a hacked version of MechWarrior 4 um and so that's the kind of that's the stuff that you see in Dave and Buster's um though that hardware is is still around but this older hardware um currently there are 17 known cockpits uh, seven of which are completely non-functional. They have no boards. Uh, and then, so there, that leaves 10, six of which I just agreed to purchase. <laughs> so, uh, that was, yeah, a very long setup for, uh, for the news that I have purchased six 3.0 virtual world cockpits. Um, six of the 10 the, that exist and function. Yes. Or six so, of the 17 uh, well, exist. Pretty that modest exist. purchase. Ten, ten, of, 10 of which that can function. The the eight eight are a, a standard set were eight. Um the 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 seller is keeping two for his own amusement. Um and I'm taking as this a set of six. Um so eight of them absolutely can function and are functioning. The two I know possibly could function, but I don't think they are currently operating. So um and then, the, the, like I said, the other seven are are absolutely cannot operate. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's my big, uh, my big. I, I guess it's it's restoration or or preservation, right? Saving saving these cockpits that are uh, would otherwise be lost to obscurity. Yeah, okay. So I'm 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 real 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 happy about that. Um, of course, now the logistic. Each of these cockpits are uh, nine feet long and three and a half feet wide. Uh, so now it's the uh, logistics of 
cleaning out and renovating the garage, which, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I sold a bunch of collectibles that was definitely for this project. Um, so over the next, I, I have to take possession of them within the next two months. Uh, so, um, and they're in Texas. So now there's a, there's the logistical hoops of bringing like four tons worth of cockpits, uh, across, uh, just get a across freight, state lines. Just get a freight shipper. Yeah, well, actually, there's actually um, the 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 virtual world community is still very active because especially because there's actually owners that um, have still operate and maintain the newer hardware. Like if you ever go to Gen Con or there's a bunch of like conventions that they still operate on. Um, so there's actually one of these businesses that owns a significant amount of the newer cockpits owns their own truck. Uh, and so that is big enough to fit all of these cockpits. So I'm actually, and they're in Texas. So I'm talking to them because preferably I would like it if they were shipped by someone who knew what they were, who knew how to handle them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to see if it can work out to where I can have them bring me the cockpits. Uh, if not, then I can figure out another freighter. But, um, but yeah, that's Texas, my- Fly to Texas, rent a truck and br- bring them back yourself. So- you laugh, but I actually did that with the original cockpits. Um, so I, this is the second time that I've actually owned virtual world cockpits. Um, I was much younger and much more responsible. And unfortunately, uh, those cockpits fell into disrepair so poorly that they don't exist anymore. Um, but that's a different Stefan and a different time. And I was drinking heavily and lots of reasons why those cockpits don't exist anymore. Um but uh, so I, those cockpits actually were in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I actually did exactly that. I flew out to Kalamazoo and I, over a two day bender, like we didn't stop. We just drove for two days. Um, I, uh, I drove them back to, to California. That was terrifying. And I never will do that again. Driving no. through the, driving through the Colorado mountains with well, a good- truckload of Good news, uh, as someone who's made the drive from Texas to California, it's flat and there's nothing in your way. Just drive. And it's, yeah, and it's much shorter than Michigan. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's much shorter, but it's, uh, it, it, boring as There's nothing to see. Like, how anyone doesn't believe that the earth is round. If you've driven from Texas to California, you see the curvature of the earth. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it's real, real dumb. Anyways. Yeah, any so, any other reason, one of ones you want to talk about buying? No, not no. I don't think so. Well, Is that not enough for not, you? Are you not, not entertained? I'm What's entertained, that? and no. I just want to clarify for our listeners who are less familiar with Virtual World, like uh, all of them. Uh, there are no single player Virtual World cockpit games. This is a six player setup that Stefan will now have in his garage probably forever. <laughs> Well, and there's no AI like I can't. So the new stuff, again, because it's like the the code base for the for the new Tesla systems. That's what they're called. Tesla cockpits. Um, they actually are built off the code base for MechWarrior 4. So there is AI options there. Like I could you could have one cockpit in theory, although I think technically those cockpits require like from a technical level, they have to talk to each other. Um, but uh, you could have like a cockpit or two and have a full like game of like, you know, 12 AI mechs or whatever um, to support you. But with the three O with three O hardware, it was, um, it was just one-to-one. You had to have a person in that cockpit to make it do anything. So, uh, so yeah. All right. It's, so uh, after, after you get Piper trained up, where are you going to find four other people? 
<laughs> um, the uh, so this hardware actually was a lot of the virtual worlds either went under or like so the cost of the te- the Tesla cockpits that new hardware that they built was incredibly expensive. Each one of those cockpits was. It wasn't like hundreds of thousands, but each one was, I think, like thirty or forty thousand dollars when they were new to 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 make. So the company took a pretty hard bath when they made those Tesla cockpits, and and so um, a, a, a number of the virtual worlds because there was a huge expansion. Like it, it it really surprises me that there's no not more cultural awareness about the company considering how many virtual worlds there were because worldwide there was like not quite a hundred, but there were there were you know double you know mid mid to high double digits of virtual world centers um and i'm gonna so, guess uh, it's because it's the kind of thing most people would do literally once and then there was a bunch yeah it was of a big birthday it party it was a big birthday party thing right yeah you know um but uh but yeah um where was i going with this i lost my train of thought you interrupted me <laughs> um i don't remember what I was doing. What, what did you say, Johnny? You 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 said something to me. <laughs> Keeping all this. I, I asked I, wh- who else you were going to get to play with you. Oh right, yeah. So um, so a lot of the virtual worlds who the, you know, and, and there were regulars, right? There was p- a heavy patronage, and you know, there were tournaments and awards and rankings. So, like I'm I'm a master level pilot for Red Planet, and that was something that I earned through a master trial. Like there, it, it was a very there's a big culture around, you know, a small culture, but but um, but a dedicated culture. So, and a lot of these sites never got the new hardware. So the last time, for instance, Pasadena, which was a, a flagship site, Pasadena, Costa Mesa, um, Walnut Creek, um, San Diego got the new hardware. San Diego was the only one that in California, I think they got the new hardware. Um, but so you have a lot of people who are still around and still have a lot of nostalgic feelings for that particular hardware. So there's no, I've already sort of like kind of put it out on Facebook that I created like a private group for like the people I know that I still keep in touch with. And, and there is already a, um, a very, uh, excited fan base to come and play, um, so there will be no shortage of, of, of pilots, and I'm, uh, that makes me feel good. Wow, you just called them pilots. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you play? That's <laughs> what we call each other. Uh-huh. Um, you just like we filthy... call each other by our call sign still. Oh, God. So one gr- of those. It's one of those. No, no, no mech people. Just knock it off. <laughs> um, all right. Um, do we... Uh, do you want to tell I played World of Warcraft. Play? Okay. I, I played a lot of World of Warcraft. Right. I am trying to I'm a mount collector in World of Warcraft. That's really all I do is is farm for for mounts. Yeah, Stefan tri- tries as hard as he can to mount things. And I am trying to get the this expansion for whatever reason instead of putting one mount achievement in, they put it in two mount achievements. So I was expected to then get 100 new mounts this expansion, um which I actually am now pretty close to doing. So I am at I'm trying to get 400 mounts before the next expansion, um, which they they haven't put the pre-patch out, but like the the next expansion is coming. Uh, and so I'm trying to get my my 400 mount achievement before the next expansion so I can start caught up uh, and i am currently at 388 mounts so uh, so yeah i am i'm getting good there. job do you guys want an update on my runescape farming level no sure no <laughs> no no that might be worse than mechs all right uh 
Man, Stefan. It's, it's a good tagline. RuneScape, worse than mechs. Yeah. I bought, this can be real short. I bought some GBA games. Cool. Nothing, nothing super exciting. Just, you know, some GBA games. Got uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Got a Mario Tennis Power Tour, which I, I, I mentioned in my Instagram post and showed it. But the interesting thing about that game, not that it's even a bad game, is that they didn't call it Mario Tennis Advanced, which like Nintendo's favorite thing to do is use whatever system they're, they're selling a game for and, and hit it with that branding. Mario 64, you know, Super Mario World, like the list goes on. They're even golf, Mario Golf Advanced. For some reason, Let's tennis Super missed Mario it. Brothers. You, yeah. Like, uh, how did the, how did they miss the branding on this one? I think the the worst one for me is the fucking, the the G, the Mario GBA games that are like that are ports. Well, like those the, are just the bad namings. Mario Advance yeah. Four, which is Mario Three. You're just like yeah. Stop Mario it. Advance Four, Super Mario World, or whatever it is. Like, how about come on. how about Mario Mario sixty four DS? Ew. Yeah, that's, that's not great either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially since it's not even really like that one bothers me particularly because it's not really. I mean, it is Mario 64, but it's like a different game. Nintendo, not very good at naming things. Let's just or say. The, or their geniuses at naming, just like keeping their branding. It's just this one is so shocking that they just went off brand for a second. You're just like Mario Tennis, like Mario Tennis Power Tour Advanced. How did you, how did they miss this word? Like, I feel like when I looked at it, I'm like, did I get a variant? Like when I I've searched for this game and I think I put in Mario Tennis Advance and it just came up because of GBA, but I honestly didn't know that it wasn't called Mario Tennis Power Tour Advanced. That was a thing I learned. I was this many days old when I learned this. <laughs> I was today old. Yep. So anyway, uh, yeah, that that's pretty much what I mean. We can talk about the thing I got from you, Stefan, which I finally took a second to look at yesterday. Yesterday was the day my brain caught up to me and I was like, oh, I should take a look at this thing. Gorgeous, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. And if you guys don't know, uh, I got Stefan's PAL stadium events. So uh, cart only, it's, it's very nice. It is a beautiful looking cart. It's a stadium event and it's here. But I got it like a week ago um, and it was just, uh, I got a fever and I got sick. And uh, I was not able to do things for Made bad for decisions. A while. Oh, oh, that's not where you were going. We did. Nope. We did a very, a very, very social distance friendly handoff of that game. Yep, and that was, uh, yeah, that was like you leave it on this this corner of uh, my property, and then I'll go pick it up and shout thank you to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I got uh, that was like the day I I noticed I was getting sick. So that was crazy. It was like yeah. a long time ago. So yeah, I, I uh, for those who don't know, uh, which is like the whole world except for like five people, I uh, have had a fever for 13 days and a headache. A long time. Yep. So they gave me the uh, they gave me the old COVID test, which is super unpleasant. Came back negative, but my doctor was like, "It's probably a false negative because why else would you have a fever for this long?" And at that point, it was only like six days or seven days. And uh, it's still going, so now I'm going to go do an antibody test tomorrow. Hooray! Because they're like, why do you still have a fever and a headache? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. It's why I'm calling a doctor. I'm worried. And it's not like I'm one of those people who's crazy and running out. You know, I, Stefan knows, I've barely left my house. I haven't seen really anybody. I wear. We have been very good about this. Yeah, so the twice I've seen Stefan in the last three months, uh, you know, has been at a distance and with a mask on. 
So, you know, I don't go out. I even have like my groceries delivered because I don't want to deal with that. By the way, Target delivery service sucks, but some you do what you got to do. Um, like if you're doing their one day delivery, like same day delivery. But I didn't want to like have to go out and get milk. That's, you know, sucks. They suck. They broke like every egg I've ever bought. You just, you would think they wouldn't destroy your eggs, but what are you going to do? Anyway, so that's what I did. And uh, what did I play? I played some Mario uh, Power, <laughs> Mario Tennis Power Tour to see if it was any good. It's pretty fun. Uh, and I played some Final Fantasy V. Why not? That's it. Cool. Watched a bunch of She-Ra. Nice. Yeah. I need to get on that. Yeah, you do. I think Piper would enjoy that. Oh, and I tried... We we mentioned this on the podcast before, but I watched... Uh, I, I watched Voltron as a kid. And so I have like kid nostalgia for Voltron, even though it has mechs, but it was like fantasy enough that my brain didn't kick in that it was about mechs. I was like, this is fantasy. Uh, Cause Stefan asked, well, do you like the new Voltron or any of the new Voltrons? I said, no, because I hate mechs. I won't go watch them. My nostalgia, but you know, I've, I have my son and I'm like trying to, I don't want to put on anything too serious. Cause now he's starting to like see things and like recognize things that are scary uh, like we were watching Monsters Inc. and he got scared, and uh, so I've been like trying to find like kind of tame stuff. Not that I, I was like maybe like Shira, which is why I got to Shira. And I was like, yes. oh man, we, we we've got like through Shira now, um, you know, over the last three months. So maybe I'll try Voltron. I'll, I'll try it. It came up as a recommendation. Whew. And I hate mechs. God, <laughs> so <laughs> they are so dumb. They and. And the premise, and I don't know if Voltron was always this stupid, but okay, so uh, there's like this witch that assists like the evil overlord of the whole galaxy now, right? Or who's destroying the whole galaxy. And she's like, don't worry, master. I'll make you something even stronger than Voltron. And they're like, we have to get Voltron. It's the strongest thing in the universe. And that's why they're so intent on getting Voltron so they can complete their mission of taking over the galaxy. If this bitch can make things stronger than Voltron, why do they need Voltron? (laughs) <laughs> I love that this is what's getting you angry. It, it makes no sense. She's it's, like, she's like, it's a children's TV show. She's like, don't worry, I can make it stronger than Voltron. I've got all these things stronger than Voltron. You're like, well, then what do you care about Voltron? Just make five of these strong she things. She doesn't, and, though. No, she does, and they all fail because she's they're obviously wrong. not stronger than Voltron. But the the they don't know that in their brain. They're like, oh, she can make something stronger than Voltron. Well, let's make it and go break Voltron so we can finally have the strongest thing. No, just go about your business. Like, ah, just move along. Johnny, why doesn't Rita Repulsa summon two monsters at the same time to defeat the Power Rangers rather than 26 of them over the course of one season? I don't know. Also, Power Rangers (laughs) is the dumbest thing. Like, if Voltron is dumb, Power Rangers is the dumbest, dumb, dumb version of Voltron. Wow. Ugh. Yeah, that I said it to all you Power Ranger fans. Fuck you in your childhood. I just took a dump all over it. <laughs> Power Rangers is not more phenomenal. Okay, it's terrible. Just Power Rangers is terrible. Blech. Yeah. <laughs> not for it. And don't and don't come talk to me. Well, you've probably haven't seen Generation One Power. Like, don't stop talking to me about which version of Power Rangers I probably have seen and I'm making my judgments on. All right, it's all terrible terrible i tried to watch the movie made it 15 minutes and had to stop couldn't do it i can't do mechs i can't do it we can uh we can blame this rant on the fever so you're getting a free pass well that mechs. what about beetleborgs 
No, they're not big nor <laughs> you mean are they bad. Big bad beetleborgs? No, terrible. <laughs> what about superhuman samurai cyber squad? I mean, we, nope. We've and we've been through this. Transformers is okay because those aren't mechs. Those are sentient robots. What about tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills? Which I'm not making up. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I, I, I'm okay with like the wacky premise for like other creatures, but the idea of people jumping in robots that are shaped like people to fight other people. It's just, I don't know, my brain... Well, when you put it like that. My brain just can't do it. I'm just like, no, this is the dumbest thing. Not like the amount of property destruction alone. Like, couldn't you guys have just had a fist fight to solve it? This is stupid. <laughs> this, no. No. Oh, this is awesome. Anyways, there we go. There's, there's our two-hour mark. All right, guys, ending the show... Everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you are doing well and staying safe. Hope uh, hope this takes your mind off of things and you guys feel all right. Let us know uh, some things that give you good feelings in collecting. And uh, thanks for everyone who uh, responded uh, to the, to the uh, big long show last week about set collecting. I know it was kind of just all over. And we were just like kind of riffing there and, and talking about it as I and want to do about uh, things like set because it's always running in my brain. And uh, Did people say they hate it? No, I, I got like a lot of comments. people who liked it. Yeah, I got liked people it. saying I liked it. They're, yeah, they liked it. Yeah, and I don't know if just a bunch of people silently hated it, and like the few people who liked it were like, well, we, this was kind of a bad one. We better tell them we liked it because um, I <laughs> thought it was okay. Please don't stop podcasting. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think people responded pretty positively to it. Um, we did get asked, so I'm going to ask you guys real quick before I close this out. Does it count? Quick answers, guys. It's like two second answers. Um, GBA videos. No. Uh, no, because I wouldn't count UMDs. Okay. Right. I, I, I agreed on the same principle, right? So I said it, to be a game, like, and what is what defines a game? And I said it needs to be interactive and it has to have consequence, right? So you can't just like hit a button and make like, you know, like a, glitter spray on the screen or something that's not a game that's just that's even though that's some sort of interaction there's no consequence to that action it doesn't do anything but i then think about how i categorize the sega cd stuff and there's like a bunch of like not games there uh, so i i didn't know how i feel about that and i haven't like well, plumbed the depths what do you of mean? Like, what's a not game well like obviously like modern rock and uh like the karaoke disc and you know, uh, possibly like uh, the dinosaurs and Compton's encyclopedia. So, yeah, oh so man, the, I, I was actually <laughs> just thinking about the encyclopedia stuff because uh, I have, you know, there's some of that stuff on the 3DO. And so I think uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it for the set, but that doesn't stop me from adding it to my set, right? Like, right. Just I, like the, the, the Woody Woodpecker VCDs, right? There's three of them. They are exceedingly rare on the 3DO. Um, but, uh, but I don't, I have them. I love that. I have them. I hunted them, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't have like kept me from saying like, I'm done with a set if I didn't have them. No. Like, I, I, no, this is going to be a whole nother podcast. Cause I would tell it like, you need the Woody yeah. Woodpecker three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, two second answers. It's fine. This, we've given some context, but now you yeah. know why when I was asked this question, I, I felt very good about my answer. And then I thought about Sega CD and then like that spread to other no, thoughts about no, GBA like, video, oh, no. GBA video and UMDs. Those are like this whole big series. It's not like kind of a one-off, like all the Sega CD stuff and Woody Woodpecker. There's my answer. But, See, but that why, doesn't matter. Like, the, like, does that, does the count matter? We uh, just we, need, 
too See, we just that, need yeah. to start. We just need to say things and then never think about them again. <laughs> that's that's how we should just conduct our lives. Yeah, don't be retrospective. Just never, never, never look turn, back. Never turn inward. Just, just, just. You gave an answer. You felt good about it. <laughs> yeah. And just never move on with your life. Never change your mind. Never grow. Be never, the same thing. Never. Just shout answers into just, the wind. Just, and, and just yell at clouds and move on. Yeah. Okay. And um, the last thing I got asked, which I thought was interesting today. Um, was do I can Tyler and we talked about this last week black box games do you count uh, the silver box games and when you say black box games no no nope, I don't not know. at all me either they're but like an you? extension but like, yeah. wait a minute what's the, what is the argument box. to do that did they give an argument to do that no no they, like, no they did they did not they weren't saying they do they were just wondering if I did because they know yeah. some people because it's like of the same ilk like some of them are even somewhere bought but even I mean, like, I would count them as their own subset, like a hundred percent. Like if I was gonna like that's a thing to collect, but I wouldn't count that as a black box. Set. Well, see, like interestingly, I consider them so much of the same thing that I put them right next to the black box games, but not alphabetical. I, mean, yeah, I put them at the end. That's just because that's that's just because it's aesthetically pleasing, and you do things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, also because I feel like they're intrinsically tied. I'm like, these are like the same thing. Like my brain says, these all belong together. My brain thinks that they they do. I agree, but they, I never consider them part of the black box series. I consider them part of the the series games, which means, and I told Tyler this is like if it's got like the light gun series or adventure series, whatever that sports series, I consider them part of that subset. There. Was this not on the show already? I don't know. I don't think we talked about that. So I, I oh, want man, to you guys are missing out on our private conversations. Yeah. If you guys aren't like. In our, uh, not our Facebook pa- in chat. Our... What are you doing? Well, then go you... to patreon.com. Yeah. <laughs> to be invited to our personal Facebook chat. Yeah, if you want, there's a tier of Patreon that gets you into a, a chat with us. Uh, there's a tier in Patreon. A lower tier will send you a transcript every week. No, I don't. That's a lot of work. I don't want to export. Um, and then there's a tier that gets you into our pre show talks, too. So uh, be sure to look for our Patreon site and, uh, you know, for, subscribe for as little as a dollar uh, a month. You know, every dollar counts. And we appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. That's it with the show. Tell us where we can find you, Tyler. Go. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, video game sage. I'm default gen, default G E N. That's default J E N. Oh, we're bringing that back. Oh, yeah, an old day. What a call back. Yeah, toss into that. You called it back the other day. It feels comfortable. Yeah. I, there was something about needing like a, a spare Instagram account. Yeah, so, to do someone, something. someone needed to troll Johnny. Yep. <sighs> Stefan? Stefan, well, where can we find you? Oh my, this was supposed to be a short show and we're at two hours I now. I know. Good. Uh, yeah, but Every it's time. good content. I, I have enjoyed our- All Collector's time. Quest content is good as long as it's not about wrestling. Um, or Star Wars. Uh, so uh, you can find me on Instagram and uh, YouTube as Archon1981. And I'd actually like to uh, stop for a second and talk about something I've done that you can you, that you can watch on YouTube. Um, I have uh, last this last week uh, I released the uh, Earthbound prototype ROM. So if you have been following my adventures, you have probably already know that I've discovered a Earthbound prototype that is not the final version of the game. It is a it is a localization uh, prototype, and so there are many, 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 many differences. Uh, some of which that I outline on my YouTube channel, and then you can go read about it on the Hidden Palace. Uh, actually, I think it's hiddenpalace.org, but if you can. Uh, just Google the Hidden Palace, uh, and you can uh, play the ROM. So yeah, I uh, I did that. That's a thing I did. Yep. Um, 
And uh, so you can also find me on uh, Twitter as Art of NP, A R T O F N P, uh, or just search for Art of Nintendo Power, and you'll find me. Uh, and that's uh, that's where I am at. Yeah. Did you did you tell the people about the special collector's quest edition of Earthbound that you're doing? The special fifteen cartridges, one of yes, fifteen only. Buy them for for eighty dollars a piece, and it uh, it, uh, it benefits, benefits Stefan. Me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So it uh, it did take me a while, but uh, to to dump it and and there were a number of people who didn't let me forget that. Uh, thank you to those people. You guys are jicks. Um, but jicks, jerks, and dicks. I think that's what I was going for. Um, and uh, but but yeah. So it's it's out there now, and uh, and you can go play it. And I'm happy to uh, basically light money on fire for you for no reason. Yeah, and, for, and to be clear, you yeah. you cannot actually buy it because you you seriously tricked me there for a second. I'm like, what the? F-? No, no. Well, yeah. I'm sure you can't. You will I mean, probably if I be able to buy it shortly. For a second, somebody would have took it seriously. Yeah, no, no I, I'm there, sure there is yeah. no collector's quest version. We we did not no. shell up a bunch. There of is a Patreon tier. No. Yeah, there, yeah. Um, uh, if you, that's also not real. <laughs> no, our Patreon is <laughs> but real. But the it's retro there. gem get... miner is real. He's out there. <laughs> there are so many things that uh, sound real that aren't, and then don't sound real. Yeah, we're very confusing. We, we but do be that. sure to subscribe to our Patreon. You can find it by searching my name. That's Johnny underscore Iuchi, where you can find me on Instagram and occasionally, you know, ghosting around video game sage, reading your content and never ever commenting. Do you like? Do you, do you at least like throw out a like every once in a while? Once in a while, I, do that now. I I do that especially if someone mentions the show. I I want to make sure that people know that I I read. And appreciate when anyone mentions the show. So I, I try to hit a like when I find those. And sorry, Tyler, my dog walked in here and just going to be a bunch of messy editing. Oh, Tyler's going to Tyler's going to be real mad at my air conditioning. Oh yeah, mine too. I will be mad at your air conditioning because I'm, like, I'm, I'm intentionally sweating here so I don't have my AC on. Yeah, it's, it's right like, above the mic. Yeah, mine too. Sorry, Tyler. Boom. It. Yeah, it's okay, Johnny. Children. You've got a better microphone than Stepin, who we need to. Uh, what? Get on your two thousand dollar upgrade path. What are you talking about? He's, no, your microphone's fine. He's, your yours is fine. It's not just not as good as Tyler's or mine. So it's fine though. Don't don't get. I'm, weird I'm mostly like, ganging up on you because me and Johnny have the same microphone. Yeah. What micro? Wait. What microphone are you using now? A Shure, a Shure uh, SM7B, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like the micro. Like everyone on YouTube. It, has it's this like the podcast out. standard. It was always popular, and uh, then in like the past couple of years, now like literally every person has it. It's like if, uh, Joe, the Joe Rogan microphone that's always in front of it. Everyone's yep. got this damn microphone. Popularized is- because it's the microphone Thriller was recorded on. Tyler, if you legitimately feel like my microphone is subpar, then I'm happy to get a new one. No, I, 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 I complain about audio. Believe me, I would be complaining more. He would, if I he would be crying so hard if he was really. Yeah, mad. I complained like, about the spillback from your headphones into the microphone, which I'm sure you've corrected. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, sure. motherfucker, why your your headphones are too loud or your microphone's too sensitive? No, I'm pretty sure I turned down something last time you asked me. All right. Uh, that was the other thing. I meant to switch because I keep a mic. I keep a headphone in one ear. I meant to switch to the other ear because this ear that it's in is closest to the microphone. I didn't want it to spill over. Damn it! I forgot. Um, you keep a headphone anyway. in one ear. Yep, just one. What? All right. Yeah, just one. But you have you just. 
you listen I, to yourself through the headphones. I do, and I only listen through one ear. I I'm, I'm keep the other ear out for my family. Just for awareness. All right. I'm like my dog who just click, click, clicks in. All right, buddy. Yeah, but he's great. Cut all of this. His, my, his name is Bilbo. He's amazing. That's the show. Bye. Oh, okay. <laughs>